Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. (laughs) Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Oh, good for you. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. <laughs> Serious? I'm wondering if you can specify what laws were also relevant. So let me let me say as an initial matter, the indictment doesn't specify that because the law does not so require. The evidence in the law is the basis for those decisions. I doubt it. You are fake news. Congratulations, buddy. Very fake news. You suck, fuck you. Jeez. This is lit, 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 lit. That's a big game, man. Go back to where you come from, okay? <laughs> All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Happy Easter (laughs) Sunday, everybody. I wish I had uh, more wholesome stories, uh, something more suitable for this occasion. But of course, we have the usual parade of degeneracy instead. (laughs) I asked uh, last weekend if begun the trans wars have, as Yoda might phrase it. This week, we have yet another episode. College swimmer Riley Gaines is attacked while speaking at San Francisco State University. In fact, held hostage for hours. And the school's statement in response practically celebrates the attack. In fact, it praises the bravery of the people characterized as peaceful protesters. Yep. Okay. I guess I wouldn't expect anything else from San Francisco, so maybe that's not surprising. But speaking of tranny attacks, no shortage these days. I guess we are recycling this one a little bit. But later in the show, we'll be joined by Billboard Chris, who, uh, well, with his case, as we discussed last weekend, he'll describe exactly what happened with that attack and the smug chick cop who watched all of it with glee. And uh, we'll get to that interview in the back half of the show. Before that, uh, Daniel Perry, the army sergeant who shot an AK armed man among a mob who surrounded his car during a Black Lives Matter protest in 2020, is convicted in Austin with the Texas governor now working to pardon him. You recall that case, I'm sure the uh, Mm. everyone's too big of a pussy to do anything about it guy. 
Yeah. Well, he's the one who was shot. <laughs> Daniel Perry's the one who shot him. <laughs> yeah, that you forget how many instances of craziness there were that summer of 2020. It's amazing that this one is almost secondary when you think of all the things that happened. That oh, was yeah. one of the crazy events, but uh, now it has reached its, well, I wouldn't say legal conclusion, but a jury verdict at least. Uh, also, unruly Tennessee Democrats are expelled from the state House of Representatives and they make the usual dramatic show of it. Uh, and then before we get out of here, we have uh, a hoax hate double feature. And tonight's movie review is The Incredibles. So stick around. We'll catch up with all your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be. All this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all metal, uh, metal rather, no plastic, long lasting construction, and uses widely available double edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. And Western Razor has launched new products for 2023. You can now buy U.S.-made blades straight from Western Razor. There's a fine leather razor cover as well for protected travel and storage. And now the high noon razor is available in exotic limited edition plating options, including gold, rose gold, and dark ruthenium. So shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing. When you pick up a Western razor, get 10% off your entire order using promo code Matt 10. That's promo code Matt 10 for 10% off everything from Western Razor. You can find everything you need from Western Razor, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners, and don't forget, Hero Soap is now offering signature soaps from yours truly. Yes, I personally worked with Hero Soap to develop my new signature soaps, Timberline and Old West. Try them both at HeroSoapCompany.com with promo code MCListener for 10% off. You can find more information at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals. Matt Christensen, well. cooling your butthole across the United States. Extra cool. Extra menthol in the Timberline. Don't forget. It's perfect for that exactly that purpose. Uh, I have some listener art and... Not just any listener art, and of course I don't mean this to uh, diminish any of the other contributions, but this is among my favorite pieces of listener art that I've ever received. Totally. Uh, this is the show it, as it will exist in the d dystopian future. Uh, Nathan, who did the art, says, Ten years into the future, Blonde has since joined mm. the new fascist but not fascist party following... Uh, the American neo-Catholic revolution of 2031. Matt, on the other hand, has resorted to streaming from an undisclosed bunker location off the grid, <laughs> bravely clinging to his principles and flannel. 
And this was actually made, this artwork was made with a, a combination of AI and Photoshop. As in, uh, yes. I hate that. The, uh, the depictions of us were actually constructed. They were made by instructions given to AI. And then Nathan stitched the pieces together in Photoshop. So the AI just looked at pictures of us and Nathan said, make future SS blonde and future bunker dweller Matt. And the AI returned these images after some fine tuning. What which is pretty incredible. I've aged well. <laughs> yeah, your skin looks great. <laughs> and I've really grown into my beard in addition to my gut by the look of it. But that's OK. If I'm if I am fed that well in the future, I think that's a success. Yeah, you look a little aidsier than I do. <laughs> well, that I would say that's status quo, is it not? You chose wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, it, it, I, I hope this is not a, a, a peek into the future, but it quite possibly could be. Anyway, let's get to the uh, to the real news. And I can't believe that it somehow actually turned out pretty much boring, considering that, uh, oh, yeah, the former president was uh, arraigned this week on 34 felony charges. I didn't even mention that in the intro. Yeah. And we're like, eh, it's but yeah, fine. Yeah, that happened. And uh, and no Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has absolutely nothing new to show us. So not only is it exactly what was expected, the same charge for falsifying business records, copied and pasted 34 times. But Alvin Bragg couldn't even show us what the underlying crime is. So Bragg brought 34 felonies, to be clear. Uh, recall that to classify these charges as felonies under New York state law, the falsified business records have to be made pursuant to some other crime. So what is the other crime? That's well, That was the speculation leading up to the release of this indictment. And Alvin Bragg doesn't even say in the indictment. In fact, he wouldn't don't even have to say, tell you that it's, it's really, really big and important. I'll tell you later. It's, <laughs> I promise it's worth the wait. Yeah, he did a press conference and asked. He wouldn't even explain it when asked. These are felony crimes in New York state. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. I'm wondering if you can specify what laws were also relevant. All right. So let me let me say as an initial matter that the indictment doesn't specify that because the law does not so require. I'm not going to go into our delivery process on what was brought. The charges that were brought were the ones that were brought. The evidence in the law uh, is, is the basis for those decisions. I can't imagine a New York City where crime is normalized. Can you? <coughs> God forbid it. <laughs> Uh, so, sorry, blonde's diseased. We'll allow her to carry on. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. He he did mention the uh, underlying uh, the underlying crime could be. This was part of the press conference. It could be illegal campaign promotion, or it could be false claims on tax forms. Mm -hmm. But he's not saying what or if it's something else entirely. Again, it sounds like he's fishing for an explanation <laughs> rather than actually having one. Most preposterously. Trump's next court date is now scheduled for December 4th. Trump, Ooh. of course, pleaded uh, not guilty on all 34 counts. There was no gag order uh, placed on Trump, as was speculated prior. The judge did, however, ask Trump to stop talking so much shit. Uh, direct quote, and Trump uh, has not uh, not obliged fully, it, it seems. Um, but yeah, the next court date is scheduled for Amazing how convenient that is right before primary season starts December 4th. We'll see you guys back here in eight months. Um, 
and and will apparently watch a trial during campaign season. What a coincidence. At least that is where prosecutors would like it to go. Though, of course, it may never get to trial. As far as what happens next, we now enter the discovery process, as in prosecutors turning over all their evidence to Trump's defense team. Before prosecutors do that, they want a court order banning Trump from posting any of those materials on social media. So that's the, the first fight, apparently. However, that is resolved. The state then has two months to turn over all their materials. Prosecutors have have requested a January 2024 start for the trial. <laughs> Come on. But Trump lawyer Joe Tacopina says this case won't even make it there. He says this case will fail on its merits uh, or lack thereof well before it ever sees a jury. It is expected that Trump's lawyers will file a motion to dismiss the case. It is also speculated that Trump's lawyers uh, may try to move the case out of Manhattan and into Staten Island for a more friendly jury pool uh, in in the case that this case uh, actually advances. Bottom line, this is going to go on for months more and uh, probably for the rest of the year and maybe even beyond that. And don't forget, there is still the looming Georgia grand jury investigation with crazy eyes and the Fulton County uh, D.A. expected to reach a charging decision at any time in that case. Plus, the federal case is under special counsel Jack Smith about Trump's January 6th involvement, as well as the Mar-a-Lago classified documents. Uh, the legal persecution has only just begun. The, the, the campaign strategy that this is, is just getting started. And in all of this Trump chaos, don't forget the real victims. As always, it's the gays. Uh, NBC News posted a story about how gay couples in New York City had their wedding plans interrupted because of Trump's arraignment at the courthouse. But gays wed in brave defiance of the Trump courthouse takeover. That could be the headline they chose, though I don't think they picked exactly that. So uh, good for them. I they I can't believe they managed through such oppression. Uh there are there were a couple of uh, local slash state elections that will likely have some big consequences this week in Chicago. Uh, current mayor, at least for the time being, Lori Lightfoot is, uh, of course, loading up her war horse for her new role uh, leading the gay war cavalry. She, of course, uh, lost the initial mayor mayoral election last month. Now the runoff election has concluded and Chicago has its new mayor to take office next month in her place. Brandon Johnson defeated Paul Vallis. In a choice that will uh, apparently make Chicago an even more violently communist place, uh, if not more gay. I don't know if he's more gay <laughs> than Lori Lightfoot, but we'll find out. Is anyone uh, gayer than Lori Lightfoot? She set the, buy, uh, the bar high in, uh, mm. in that regard. But among his progressive policy proposals, illegal aliens can vote in local elections reallocating police resources to social services. In other words, defund the police. He said things to the effect of defund the police. Isn't just a bumper sticker or a slogan. It is uh, a definitive goal. We want to defund them out of existence, essentially, which uh, I look forward to the experimentation with, with that in Chicago. Uh, of course, tax increases bottom line. Uh, sounds like if you're in the Chicago area, you should prepare for a lot more Kim Fox designated mutual gang combat that will not be prosecuted. No, he's <laughs> advocating a policy that will kill black people. Uh, yeah, they're going to really uh, test test the uh, the record books. It seems like I know. Cheers. It's uh, it's apparently so scary that even Jesse Smollett is too afraid to go out and fake the crimes. That's how bad it's gotten <laughs> in Chicago. He can handle the uh, below zero weather, just not uh, not the, the free reign for criminals that we're about to witness. 
Uh, meanwhile, in neighboring Wisconsin, voters uh, handed over their state Supreme Court to left wing control, electing Milwaukee County Judge Janet uh, Protosewitz, I believe is how I say that. Um, she uh, was elected to uh, the state Supreme Court over former state Supreme Court mm. Justice Dan Kelly. Spending in this ca- campaign shattered a previous national record for spending in a state Supreme Court race. Uh, nearly $29 million was spent in this state Supreme Court race. Uh, the the um, Another tally puts it at $45 million. I guess that uh, depends on how and what you count. Um, but the prior record for a Supreme Court race a record for spending that is for any state Supreme court race was $15 million. So this is double it, no matter how you count it. And the win assures that liberals will hold a majority on Wisconsin Supreme court through the next presidential election. Protosewitz won in an openly political campaign. She emphasized abortion and an effort to uh, overturn a state abortion ban uh, reinstated after the Supreme court struck down Roe last year as well as to undo Republican-drawn legislative maps. What is also uh, notable about Predisewitz's victory is the margin of victory, 10%. The vote was 56% to 46%. That Mm. is much larger than Biden's uh, Wisconsin margin of of 0.7% in 2020. So, yeah, this would be evidence uh, ostensibly that murdering your kids is indeed a crucially important and motivating issue for many left wing and independent voters. Uh, it gets them to the ballot box in an in off year election. Um, so so why does this actually matter? Well, because and of course it matters if you're in Wisconsin. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying for the rest of the country, what are the implications here? Uh, any 2024 shenanigans in Wisconsin will now be decided by this court, which is uh, controlled by left wingers. Uh, in fact, controlled by this particular form of Karen concentrate. So good luck with whatever court challenges uh, may be uh, brought in the state of Wisconsin in the uh, presidential election next year. Also on the issue of, um, of the courts and abortion, there's been a lot of sensationalizing over some federal uh, court decisions into the weekend. Perhaps you've heard some iteration of federal judge in Texas bans the abortion pill. Right. Some nonsense like that. Uh, no. Um, now, I uh, th- this the particular drug uh, I am not keen on, so correct me if I mischaracterize anything about it, but uh, it's called mifepristone. Is that how I yeah. pronounce it? Mifepristone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it's otherwise known as a progesterone blocker. And so what the what the drug does is it blocks that hormone progesterone, which is necessary for a pregnancy to continue. So it can be used to end a pregnancy up to about the 10th week. Uh, the drug has been available and in use for about 20 years. The legal cases about it are not about whether it should be legal or whether it should be banned. That, of course, is a matter for Congress, state legislatures, etc. Um, it is a matter of, of how these drugs or how, how this particular drug was approved per the laws and regulations that govern that FDA approval. That's the issue here. So the issue in the federal courts is whether the FDA followed legally required procedure for its approval. And specifically this judge, Matthew Kaxmerick, probably mispronouncing that, but uh, Judge Matthew Kaxmerick in Texas said the FDA's approval 20 years ago violated a federal rule that allows for accelerated approval of certain drugs, 
Um, the judge also said the more recent FDA decisions that allow this drug to be prescribed by telemedicine, as in over the phone or over a Zoom call, and then sent by mail, as well as dispensed at retail pharmacies, mm. also violated FDA statutory and regulatory requirements. Um, in the decision on Friday, the judge issued a hold on the FDA's approval, meaning if nothing changes, then this drug would lack FDA approval. Right. And of course, there would be market consequences for that. Um, but he gave the government uh, the government seven days to appeal that decision. So the the drug was not banned, both because that wasn't the issue in the case and because in practice there was time for the government to appeal, which they will. And because there's another matter complicating all of this, and that's another federal judge in Washington issued a related decision in a related case on Friday. And that's Judge Thomas Rice, who ordered the government not to make any changes that would restrict access to this drug in at least the 17 states where Democrats are suing in an effort to protect its availability. So now you have one judge saying that the FDA's approval is invalid. You have another judge saying it doesn't matter even if it is no restricting access to this drug while these cases continue. What all that means is that Biden and company are going to appeal this Texas decision. They've already announced it in a a case that is very likely to arrive at the Supreme Court and will be framed as yet another abortion decision decision even though it's really a procedural question yeah. that happens to involve uh, an abortion pill in this case, did the FDA follow the rules or not? If not, they have to follow the rules, not judge bans drug. Let's say that the Supreme Court found that the FDA did not follow its requirements. Uh, it would still get kicked back to the FDA and the FDA would do its due diligence. It's it's legally required due diligence to get this thing approved again. I I, mm-hmm. I don't see there might be some kind of pause, but I wouldn't see any scenario in which this thing is taken off the market entirely. Well, nor should it be from a from a moral perspective. I reject the qualification that this is an abortion drug because Interesting. it has okay. many other purposes. Oh. I took it to induce my labor. They gave me a version of it called Cytotec because my water had already broken. So I've actually taken Mifeprestone and also women that have had um, missed miscarriages, but don't want to have a very invasive surgical procedure called a dilation and curatage that causes infertility in so a number of cases. Uh, my take, under- take Mifeprestone. So. My understanding of how all of this works physiologically is somewhat limited, but I've read about it in the context of these cases. So your dispute would not be that if it was taken for the purpose of ending a pregnancy, you would still call that an abortion. Of course. Okay. It's just that it has applications that are not for the purpose of ending a pregnancy. Yes. And it has really important applications for women that are having miscarriages and uh, that need labor inductions as well. Well, um, as far as uh, impressive deflections from the Biden administration, their ability to blame anybody and everybody is is really second to none. Mm. Uh, this one, man, uh, I, I don't this get was outrageous. Did you read this document? I don't get emotionally bothered by things. This <laughs> one was pretty close. Like this legitimately pissed me off and I should not bury the lead any further. But Biden releasing this report that blames Trump in many ways for their botched Afghanistan withdrawal in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, what did they find? The Biden National Security Council. This is a report released on Thursday, 12 pages. And basically, it just talks about how Biden's hands were tied (laughs) because of Trump's mistakes in his presidency. Here's a little blurb. Um, President Biden's choices for how to execute withdrawal from Afghanistan were severely constrained by conditions created by his predecessor, uh, ellipses. As a result, 
When President Biden took office in 2021, the Taliban were the strongest military position that they had been since 2001, controlling or contesting nearly half of the country. At the same time, U.S. had only 2,500 troops in the ground, lowest number since 2001, uh, which left President Biden um, or to leave. President Biden had committed um, to ending the war in Afghanistan. But when he came into office, he was confronted with difficult realities left to him by the Trump administration. So it's basically a laundry list of things that led to the Taliban being able to um, increase their stronghold in Afghanistan and resulting in uh, in, you know, how things turned out, which obviously was Biden's fault to a certain degree. This this document admits no fault, but does acknowledge that there were, quote, lessons to be learned. Trump promised that they could hack into the wheel wells of those airplanes and uh, do some impromptu skydiving. That was an explicit part of the agreement, didn't you know? That was absolutely five days ago. Five days ago. Um, Nothing surprising in that, though. Man, that's just I'm not even. I could take the, the the core point that there were things that were agreed to prior to when we arrived that we had to maintain, that we had to uphold. We didn't get the luxury of designing everything that we wanted to. Yeah, I, I could even grant that point to some extent, but to acknowledge effectively no fault finger point elsewhere, man, um, oof, what, what a slap in the face to all the uh, unnecessary damage that was done, uh, man. Anyway, uh, in in other news, before we get to the uh, Daniel Perry um, conviction, uh, there was another, uh, at least a threat of another trans shooter. This one was thwarted, apparently. Yeah, this is making me feel fetty about the hmm. whole thing. I'm a little fetty. I don't know why. I don't know what the angle is. But isn't it a coincidence that this 19-year-old William Whitworth, who goes by Lily, um, was intervened upon while basically in the process of going through with some very credible threats involving Colorado Springs Academy uh, that he went to um, between the years of 2014 and 2016. So this mugshot is the most androgynous thing I've ever seen. I I know. I know. (laughs) If you showed me this and said, which one I that's a real coin flipper. Um, So he was arrested and formally charged with criminal attempt to commit murder in the first degree, two counts of that. Criminal mischief, menacing, interfering with staff, faculty, or students of uh, educational institutions. So in his home, he had his own manifesto, his manifesto, his tranifesto. Wait, did you, you come will. up with that or where that <clears throat> manifesto? I saw in a meme, but tranifesto okay. is just a I, I, Those are both good terms. I like that. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also the communist manifesto and book, book of Marx and Engels and uh, and then a notebook, but it's filled with suicidal <laughs> ideations. This is the, the the funniest part, though. Within that document, um, there were lists of serial killers and politicians, notorious mass shooters. And I thought this was so funny. OK, he wrote Eric and Dylan losers. So that would Adam, be the Columbine shooters, right? Yeah. Okay. Adam and Lan- Adam Lanza, too smart, but too is spelled T.O. Yeah. <laughs> Israel Keys degenerate was he he was a serial killer that killed black women right i don't know i i would assume given the pattern here that he must be some known killer <laughs> this I is guess, a really oh, random Lauren, list lauren southern, lauren southern <laughs> pathetic <laughs> hey congrats to lauren southern and this made i saw her tweeting about this and this made me wonder yeah. because i know that i'm never gonna get a headpiece okay that ship has sailed i accept my fate <laughs> 
But if I get named by a would-be school shooter in a manifesto, does this count as a hit piece? I would love to achieve this particular yeah. honor. Yeah, totally. I, Congrats I feel, to Lauren I feel Southern. a little slighted, I, I must say. But yeah. It's okay. Uh, Vouch, terrorist, Donald J. Trump, con, ma'am. <laughs> but then it that is was a typo. Yeah, that um, probably is. Bad cops, useless garbage. And then this one I don't get at all. Stockholm, common name, Liam K. Yeah, I don't know. That one does not ring a bell. <clears throat> so, yeah, he had researched how to 3D print firearms and made detailed lists of specific people to target and when, gathered information about making bombs, um, and then this list. So it was specific enough to get some to get some real charges in there. And then um, his preliminary hearing is May 5th. His bond is $75,000, though. Is he in custody or did he pay that? Uh, I think he's still in custody. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's get to the uh, the major news out of Austin, Texas on Friday, which uh, is that a jury convicted Army Sergeant Daniel Perry of murder for the 2020 case in which Perry was driving for Uber, a Black Lives Matter mob protesting George Floyd's death and other nonsense, surrounded his car at an Austin intersection. One of those protesters was Garrett Foster, uh, who was an activist carrying an AK-47. As Foster advanced on Perry's car, Perry fired fired a revolver he was carrying and killed Foster. Perry was also convicted of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in connection to driving in front of uh, uh, driving in front of toward. There was some sort of driving aggression with another protester for which he was also convicted. Uh, The judge is set to sentence Perry to prison in the coming days. Perry faces up to life. Of course, there's also some prospect of a pardon, which we'll get to momentarily. This trial was not uh, broadcast, so we we've not been able to see any of it, but it has been ongoing for the last two weeks or so. To refresh your memory about this case, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we return to the famous last words uh, or close to last words of um, Garrett Foster, perhaps the worst last words in history, carrying his AK and being interviewed that night. Uh, it's a AK-47. Uh, you got it out tonight? They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so got to practice some some of our rights. Do you feel like you'll need to use it? Nah, I think all the people that hate us and you know want to say shit to us are too big of uh, pussies to stop and actually do anything about it. So. Well, well, well. Too big of pussies to do anything about it moments before someone did something about it for good. Um, a definition of fucked around, found, around found, found out. Oh, yeah, totally. There are many areas of contention in this case, though, and these are the things that were decided by the jury. Uh, did Foster, in fact, point his rifle while approaching the car? Perry told police that he did. There are brief moments of available video that show Foster possibly ra- uh, raising his rifle. As far as I've seen, no definitive pointing. Um, though, of course, it is undisputed that Foster advanced on Perry's car with the rifle at the ready. His right hand appears to be on the crib. Uh, what is also notable is that apparently the jury was um, was not given any videos or photos to make their own assessment of what should be considered pointing or what, sort of aggression we were looking at here. No photos or videos of any kind of that particular issue. The jury was only given witness statements that, that um, 
or statements from witnesses who said that Foster never pointed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, did Perry drive into the crowd aggressively, thus instigating, uh, instigating? This was really the prosecution's theory. Video shows uh, Perry driving through the intersection and honking at protesters who were blocking traffic. Uh, of course, the street was not shut down for protest. It was a, an open street. It was people were supposed to be driving through it freely. They were just blocking traffic because that's what protesters did a lot that summer. Uh, this was protesters illegally occupying street space. Now, prosecutors argued, however, that uh, that Perry ran a red light immediately prior to the encounter. Now, based on the video, to me, it looks like he was he was turning right on red, if I'm seeing this correctly. Though, of course, that would still require him to make a full stop as well as yield to any pedestrians. The argument here that the prosecution is making, at least if I'm understanding correctly, is that Perry was the aggressor through his driving and Foster then was actually acting defensively. So the difficulty with that argument, though, is is Foster approached. He was not initially near the car. Uh, By the time he gets to the car, there had been protesters beating on the car for several moments. The prosecution also emphasized Perry's uh, social media posts and communication. So it sounds like he was in instant message contacts with a friend the morning of. um, And he uh, Perry said uh, he said that he might have to kill a few people on his way to work. They're rioting right outside my apartment complex. Which, uh, yeah, uh, that that's a, a message that looks bad if the prosecution wants to frame it that way. But the follow up is kind of interesting. A friend responded, can you legally do so? And Perry responded, if they attack me or try to pull me out of my car, then yes, which is actually legally correct. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know that I don't know how this was presented to the jury. I don't know how the prosecutor might try to to spin it or frame it. But um, but to me, that sounds like a, a, actually an accurate description of Texas law. Right. Prosecution also focused on the idea that Perry had many other choices. Uh, according, this is according to the USA Today coverage that Perry could have uh, he could have simply left. He could have just driven away. Uh, now this argument is undercut, as I understand it, by several factors. Though number one, Texas is a stand your ground state. Perry does not have an obligation to free uh, to flee. The mere fact that he could flee does not mean that he had a legal duty to flee. Uh. It's not necessarily clear that he could flee, though, because Perry's car was surrounded. Driving away would have almost certainly involved hitting people, which these prosecutors would have gone after anyway. Indeed, prosecutors gave him an assault with a deadly weapon charge, and he was convicted by this jury for exactly that, driving at another protester. They're saying, they're, uh, the the prosecution, they were saying that there were no cars in front of Perry. He could have just driven away because of that. But if the argument is that he was the aggressor by driving into the crowd, but he also could leave at any time because nobody was in front of the car. How did he drive into the crowd? Did he drive in sideways? Did he back in? Doesn't make any sense. Right. So I I find this argument to be uh, not particularly satisfying, but apparently the prosecutors convinced this, this Austin jury that it is. Here's the fundamental analysis as I understand it. Uh, If presented with an imminent lethal threat, Under Texas law, Perry is justified in deploying lethal force as he did. The only question is, to a reasonable person, was Garrett Foster an imminent lethal threat? The situation is you have a hostile crowd surrounding your car, indeed hitting and kicking it, getting physically Mm -hmm. aggressive. 
You have an openly armed man advancing on the car weapon deployed. You have what appears to be the initial stages of a point, if not an outright point. And it's at that point, as if I understand the sequence here, that uh, about at this point that, that Perry fires. Bottom line, at least to me, I think it's reasonable to assume that half a second later, Foster could pull the trigger if he wants to. Uh, Perry is not under legal obligation to find out, to wait to find out if that is what's going on here. No. And although it sounds incriminating, it does demonstrate that he understood that before, before this. And I think that that might um, benefit him. Well, we'll see. I, I know that uh, th- this is a case that might be decided by politics, even oh, though yeah. I think he's on solid legal ground. The politics of it might be his saving grace, mm-hmm. which I'll get to in a moment. Um, the USA Today coverage notes that the uh, the governor saw none of this evidence uh, at trial, but the governor suddenly uh, thinks that the jury got it wrong. Well, the jury of Austin lunatics given evidence from another lunatic Soros prosecutor in Jose Garza based on, on that analysis. I think the jury absolutely got it wrong. Imminent threat met lethal force. That's the way that self-defense works. Um, But there is an argument that's even more fundamental than that. Perry doesn't have to prove self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt. Prosecutors Mm -hmm. have to prove murder beyond a reasonable doubt. And if you find any sort of reasonable doubt, uh, that we've uh, in what we've just discussed, responding to the force presented with the force exercised. Well, there's your doubt on the murder charge. So it's on that basis that there was uh, something of an uproar on Friday when this news was announced. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who uh, holds at least partial power to uh, pardon a Texas conviction, pledged that he's going to do everything he can to pardon Perry. On Saturday, Governor Abbott tweeted that he is working as swiftly as Texas law allows regarding a pardon. Abbott wrote that Texas has one of the strongest stand your ground laws, and that can't be nullified by a jury or a progressive DA. But the governor does not have sole authority to issue a pardon. He can only act at the recommendation of the Board of Pardons and Paroles under Texas law. Abbott says that he has made a request with the board to expedite a review of this case. Obviously, I'm not an expert on who sits on this board. Quick glance at the board's makeup. Uh, I see seven members, generally former law enforcement or legal system people. These members are appointed by the governor and approved by the state Senate, both of which have been under Republican control in Texas since forever. So assuming they didn't unknowingly appoint and confirm progressive psychopaths, Mm -hmm. perhaps there's a decent shot of this happening, though. I wouldn't count on such competence automatically, but is there anything else about this process that uh, that I'm missing? How does this work? Well, the governor can ask the board or the board can ask the governor. Okay. Uh, But in this case, um, he is able to expedite this and and he will approve the board's uh, pardon recommendation. And is there a recommendation? Is it just like a majority vote type thing or do we know? Okay. Yeah. So um, it looks like he basically and I also didn't have any information on whether or not they were going to offer a conditional pardon. It doesn't Hmm. really matter, though. I don't think he's particularly concerned about getting all of his um, voting rights and stuff back. I'm sure he just wants to be free. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'd take that over prison. It it would be. Yeah, I I hadn't even thought about uh, I haven't seen anybody talking about conditions, so I hadn't even thought about that. But it looks like this uh, is going to be a full and complete pardon. And if he has the power to expedite it and to approve it, then um, 
yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Is he banned by Uber? What are his Uber <laughs> driver reviews like? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't Uber ban? I thought you're not supposed to even carry guns when driving for Uber. I'm sure he's banned on that basis. Was isn't that one of their policies? I can't remember. I don't know. How could you not carry it then? Uh, I would never. I shouldn't say never. You know, uh, may, there may be a situation in which I would consider that line of work. But if I was going to do it, uh. I have no idea who's getting in my car. I know that they're yeah. reviewed and you have some idea that they're a five star customer or something, but You've I've seen enough, have a gun. Yeah. I've seen enough dash cam videos of crazy people trying to get Uber rides. No, yeah. thank you. Um, all right, we'll keep it moving along because we have a lot to get to. Uh, it is getting spicy in Tennessee, uh, specifically in the state house where Republicans are actually showing some balls in fighting back against progressive nonsense. Recall the week prior after the uh, Nashville tranny shooting that's since been swept under the rug as the FBI holds on to the manifesto until we all just forget about that. Gun control activists occupied the Tennessee State House chanting their NPC lines, uh, and three state representatives joined them chanting no action, no peace, and other things through a bullhorn on the House floor. Among other disruptive action, this was the scene from last week. Guns are resources, though. <laughs> Some consider them prized resources. Uh, these are Democrats Justin Jones of Nashville, Justin Pearson of Memphis, and Gloria Johnson of Knoxville. They are now dubbed the Tennessee Three in response to these antics. Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton admonished them for breaching decorum and House floor rules and procedure so he held a vote this week to expel all three of them from the Tennessee State House, as in boot them out. Mm -hmm. And since Tennessee Republicans have uh, the supermajority necessary to do that, it was actually successful against two of the three. Jones was expelled by a vote of 75 to 26. He's the man bun guy. Justin Pearson was expelled by a vote of 65 to 30. He's the Afro guy. Gloria Johnson narrowly survived and was not expelled. She's the um, the white chick of size. And everybody's crying racism because this white chick didn't get kicked out. What is the uh, uh, the purported reason why she stays? Uh, yeah, um, this one representative, Lowell Russell, uh, said he voted not to expel her because she did not participate to the extent that the other two did. And he said either Jones or Pearson smuggled a bullhorn into the chamber. The two used that bullhorn to shout and scream and incite the crowd to chant no action, no peace. The video showed Johnson did not appear to do anything other than stand near them and move her lips. So, so she was just a good ally. Yeah. Presumably that's why uh, several people voted that way. Okay. All right. Um, the other two, uh, the, the actually expelled guys, they responded with uh, dramatic theatrics, um, and the uh, the drama comes from both um, the members of the Tennessee State House as well as uh, media in reaction. Um, in anticipation of the votes, Justin Pearson compared himself to the founding fathers and Justin Jones called uh, the move an assault on democracy. And you are seeking to expel District 86's representation from this house in a country that was built on a protest. You who celebrate July 4th, 1776. 
hot fireworks and eat hot dogs. You say to protest is wrong. I come from a long line of people who have resisted. We called for you all to ban assault weapons and you respond with an assault on democracy. Is, th- is there a training for the preacher cadence? <laughs> is that something they all practice? Oh yeah, church. I, I'm Suddenly the very racist founding fathers are cool and admirable again. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, sure, I hate the founding fathers, but I'm going to tell you I'm just like them. Okay. Uh, it's it's obviously it's not just a protest when you interrupt the business of the yeah. house floor. They aren't being punished for their views, which they can express <laughs> anywhere they like other than inter in the interruption of ongoing house business. Any standard otherwise is just everyone yelling at each other on the house floor to achieve nothing. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> it would just be pure nonsense. Yeah. The assault on democracy language is actually hilarious. The White House uh, went with the same line. It, this, this was shocking and undemocratic. Okay. Um, it's literally and fully democratic. <laughs> this is majority rule. And if you don't like that, perhaps that might be because minorities, and I, I mean any kind of minority, I don't just mean racial minority in this case, minorities, maybe they should be protected from majority theory. Maybe oh, yeah. majority vote isn't the highest value, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> Maybe minority rights are more important than majority rule. Uh, food for thought. Of course, they will spend no time thinking about that because it's, as always, it's a point of convenience, not a point of principle. So what's going to happen here? Well, now that they're finally ousted, uh, the counties of these districts get to appoint replacements until a special election can be called. The counties could, in theory, appoint the same guys to go back. And these guys can also run for re-election if they choose. So as a practical matter, it may not mean anything at all unless the Tennessee State uh, House decides to escalate further. There are reports, I'm missing my news story here, but there are reports um, that if these counties send these guys back to the legislature, the legislature will cut their funding. This is according to a Shelby County commissioner who said state legislators have already threatened this retaliation if they send Uh, These guys, Justin Jones or Justin Pearson back. The speaker uh, says that has not been proposed, but I am all for this fight. If if Democrats insist on being jackasses, they get to learn jackass lessons. If you don't want the jackass war, don't start the jackass war. Uh, uh, Being nice and polite has only enabled the jackassery. It's it's time to play tough. And frankly, this is the most polite form of of playing tough. So I'm here for this. I'm all for it. Um, and I say this as someone who, of course, uh, to to much criticism, often wants to be forgiving, often wants to seek compromise. But like everything else, uh, the, the these people weaponize the forgiveness itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You bring weapons, you get weapons in response. Enjoy it. I, I, I like this show. I think it's great. Agreed. More of this. More of this. <laughs> I'm just here for the show now. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? What uh, this else do we is, have left? This is like the lowest the lowest grade vengeance. This is like due process vengeance. All right. It's by the book. I think that's why we can find agreement on it. This isn't Does this swinging rev, rev your gears. You're like, well, this, Oh yeah, this isn't process. swinging axes at heads. This is just like, all right, there is yeah. a process for this. You know, we could Shame. offer forgiveness, but since you're not interested in that, uh, but even, I guess I should be careful what I wish for because even Kamala Harris joined the fight. She flew to <laughs> Nashville, of course, not to say anything about the dead kids and teachers who were killed at the school. No, nobody cares about that. 
that that shooting was by a tranny. So that doesn't count. Um, she went to speak about the Tennessee three and to amplify all of this assault on democracy talk. A democracy allows for places where the people's voice will be heard and honored and respected. To say that a democracy hears the cries, hears the pleas, who hears the demands of its people. Is that not what a democracy allows? A democracy says you don't silence the people. You do not stifle the people. You don't turn off their microphones when they are speaking about the importance of life and liberty. (laughs) They do that to us all the time. She went to that preacher school too, by the way. Uh, Apparently. Uh, For the millionth time, we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, and that distinction is crucial. But I won't go after that point. Um, uh, When does democracy mean interruption of the process? Because as of five minutes ago, I've heard a million times, obstructing the process was the crime of the century on January 6th. It sure sounds to me a lot like the difference between making your voice heard in a democracy and insurrection is just a matter of whether Kamala Harris personally likes your perspective or not. But that's probably obvious at this point. For all the talk of doing nothing, do something. All you're doing is doing nothing. Well, the Tennessee legislature is actually doing a lot of stuff in response to the shooting. So the the House passed a a school safety bill, 95 to 4, in fact, to require emergency drills, secure uh, security requirements at uh, all schools, security systems, cooperation with law enforcement and more. Uh, Notably, the Tennessee three all voted against it. They said it doesn't get to the, the root of the issue. But that's not it. Um, the governor is also pushing a bill to provide for armed guards at every school in the state. So that's a possibility. You, you're not a fan? I don't know. None of this really addresses the the root issue. And, ah, and so you're with, I'm with them. No, I'm with, <laughs> I'm with that on the left. But the, the root issue here is that, uh, you know, people are having family problems and they're yeah. having major identity issues. Um, and nobody has any community that they can turn to for support. And the nuclear family is broken. If we're not going to address those issues, I'm like, what is any of this stuff going to do? Armed well, I, guards at school. That That is, are we there uh, as a society? If oh, we're yeah, there, then it, nobody should be sending their kids to school. Uh, well, <laughs> you could make that point. And I think that's a, certainly a point worth arguing. But if we're going to protect everything of value with guns, I see no reason why we shouldn't protect our school children with guns. And I certainly agree that there are... Uh, conditions that make school shootings more likely than not that we ought to address. But uh, I I would like to see some immediate intervention with these people where they attack. And there's really only one way to do that. So I'm certainly on board with that idea. Uh, They'll have to negotiate the the cost and they'll have to negotiate the the logistics of actually getting these people trained and deployed and in place and all that. It hasn't even happened yet. They're just, they're still discussing the idea. Um, But uh, they're also uh, considering a, a bill to allow teachers to carry in Tennessee and allow is the key word, not require, but allow. And I like that, that that made its way through uh, committee this week and the usual suspects mom's demand action showed up and there was a hilarious moment. I, I, I don't actually know what she means, so perhaps you can help me out. One activist after this bill passed through committee. She said to the legislators that she's a former teacher who has a gun and knows how to use it 
but she loves her students and she would never shoot them. Ladies, like, what what is she even saying? It's like if one of her students was shooting down other students, she wouldn't shoot the student. Is that what was that even what she was trying to? I mean, the obvious interpretation. Does she think the gun is for shooting the kids? I assume that's not what she means because that's really dumb. Uh, No. Does she mean that she would not shoot an attacker as in an active shooter, which is also a bad response? You're telling me you wouldn't protect the kids if you had a gun. That's not good either. And at the end, I'm glad I'm not a Tennessee educator. Well, I'm going to speculate that means that she's from out of state, which would be perfectly on brand. Uh, some idiot mm. paid activist bust in in the matching T-shirt to some other state to tell them how to conduct their business. Yeah, really. And uh, man, what a shame that there are so many female teachers. I'm, this is why you should homeschool your kids. One of the reasons there's this perception that male teachers are pedophiles, but you also don't want women teaching your kids so you're just in a jam from the get-go well who cares about all the school shootings what are you going to do about (laughs) that's why we got to get on board with the armed guards chick security what are we talking about here come on oh yeah that didn't even occur to me what are you going to do about that what if there's a diversity (laughs) hire for a for security officers and it didn't help at parkland either i'm with her actually on this point uh that if i were designing the system i don't necessarily want teachers themselves to be the intended line of defense and in defense of Tennessee, I don't think that's what they're doing, but I guess what I'm saying is I would prefer to have someone whose sole job is security rather than relying exclusively on teachers to defend themselves and their students. That said, I am all in favor of the option for teachers. And that's all that this is. This is an option. They're presenting it as though I'm just a teacher. I should be security. Well, okay. Don't be, no one is Forcing you forcing to carry you a to. gun on your hip. You probably but, have a better chance of um, strategically having teachers conceal carry to stop an active shooter than having one retired cop at the entrance of the school. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if maybe my inclination is mistaken that if you could convince all the teachers, I guess just the numbers would be in your favor. Right. Um, yeah. My inclination is that I'd rather have someone professionally devoted to this. But to your point, that's one person. And there's strength in numbers. And I guarantee you carrying in in the general population, there's strength in numbers with the average citizen who's firearm strength. And exactly. And, and yeah, you do need a certain level of proficiency and understanding and a certain uh, safety threshold to be a responsible concealed carrier, but you don't have to be Annie Oakley. I mean, I I suppose maybe you're convincing me a little bit. The, the mere understanding by these, these would be school shooters that any room they go into might, uh, they might be met with a bullet. Uh, that's going to be a deterrent. So you don't, yeah. it's not like everybody has to be uh, like the, the Nashville cops where they're just going in and, and kicking down doors and, and taking out the shooter in five seconds. It's just the, the, the potential that you could be met with a gun at any point that will be a deterrent. So didn't uh, Columbine have um, armed guards too? I don't know. Not, I might be I, wrong about that. Actually, it, it, I, I should look at, into exactly how Columbine developed. Cause I was, I don't know that much about Columbine because I was only 10 when that happened and I never really went back and looked at it, you know? I don't know. I mean, any reason to not send your kids to public schools is a good one. 
All right. Um, so uh, well, one step further, Tennessee legislature, just no more public schools, just abolish. no more public. What are people doing? Yeah. Like, why, why are people still sending their kids to public schools where they can't keep them safe and they're being indoctrinated by female teachers? It's all about the school lunches, don't you know? Yeah. And then eating seed oils and stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Before we get to the um, the interview with Billboard Chris, I want to talk about the latest uh, trans attack which is Riley Gaines at the university, uh, San Francisco state university. What was this Thursday night? Thursday uh, night, yeah. Okay. So what happened here? For those of you that aren't familiar with Riley Gaines, um, she's this former NCAA swimmer, uh, at a really high level. And she's been pushing back. Uh, it started with this Leah Tom, Thompson, Thompson, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas thing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just six, four, just walking around in the ladies, uh, locker room with his twig and berries out. And he's like, look at my penis, but it's actually a vagina. You see this guy anyway. So it really pissed her off. And she's been on Tucker. She's been doing, um, all sorts of interviews about how out- outlandish this is for women, for women swimmers. So she was <clears throat> appearing at San Francisco state university to give a speech as part of her tour, promoting safe spaces for women in sports, which I'm okay with in this regard. Okay. All right. And things got violent. Um, Her husband, I think this might've been on Tucker. He said, she told me she was hit multiple times by a man in a dress. So some tranny, Uh, it made me terribly mad. I, I was helpless. And then she was under police protection, but it took the police three hours to get there. So she was basically locked in a room with an angry mob threatening to kill her for three hours. And at one point, the mob was saying, "Okay, we'll let her walk out in peace if she pays us all. Yeah, she gives us all 10 bucks. Then we'll let her go. Here are a couple of the scenes from San Francisco State University. Okay, so this is so outrageous. These false kids, imprisonment, this is some Mad Max shit right here. Yeah, extortion. Uh, th- there are potentially criminal charges that could and should be applied to at least certain members of this mob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And did you see the school response? This was the most outlandish part of all of this. <laughs> they pra- I, they I tried praised. to cut it down, but it was yeah. so infuriating that I was like, I'm going to read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's go for it. <clears throat> OK, so today San Francisco State finds itself again at the center of a national discussion regarding freedom of speech and expression. Let me begin by saying clearly the trans community is welcome and belongs at San Francisco <sighs> State. Further, our community fiercely believes in unity, connection, care and compassion. And we value different ideas, even when they are not our own. Uh, San Francisco State is regularly noted as one of the most diverse campuses in the United States. That's what makes us Gators and what makes us great. Um, actual diversity is our strength. Diversity promotes critical discussions, new understanding, and enriches the academic experience. But we may find ourselves, this is the only time they even address her perspective. Yeah, okay. Exposed to divergent views and even views we find personally abhorrent. These encounters have sometimes led, these encounters, sometimes led to discord, anger, confrontation, and fear. We must meet this moment and unite with a shared value of learning. Thank you to our students 
who participated peacefully in Thursday's evening's event. It takes tremendous bravery to stand oh. in a challenging space. I am proud of the moments where we listen and ask for insight, um, insightful questions. I'm also proud of the moment when our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. These issues do not go away. And these values are very much at our core. And then it's like, here are some psychological services on our campus if you need them, because you're so brutalized by your brutality. Congratulations, butthead. Unbelievable. Unreal. Didn't didn't chastise any of these people for their And it behavior. doesn't even speak about this specific event. At times, contentious viewpoints can I be met know. with hostility. Just We're talking about incredible. a specific event here. It, it, it's not incredible. abstract, hypothetical hostility. <clears throat> it was realized, and it wasn't realized in a in a contentious discussion. It was realized in the form of I haven't seen video of a hit. To be fair, but there's claims of, of of physical hitting, and based on the crowd, I certainly could believe that. In addition to physically obstructing someone's exit. Yeah, but it's her them. fault for her abhorrent viewpoints, and yeah. the school is proud of the way they peacefully protested and protected the First Amendment right of all of us ah, and the importance of inclusion. This was the protection of First Amendment rights. That's what this was. Dude, we're going to have to drone these people. What are we supposed to do about this? <laughs> what are we supposed to do about this? There, there are millions of people in this country like this. Well, imagine paying. Well, I guess the joke's going to be on us soon once uh, we have to relieve all of this student debt once it's uh, approved by the Supreme Court. But paying, uh, accepting six figures in debt to become one of these indoctrinated NPC drones. Watch the full footage if you haven't seen it yet. It's just it's people still wearing masks. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about this, maybe half of them are trannies. I don't know. Oh, like, I know. How many are I there now? I couldn't even tell. I, they I had are to the go majority. by height. Yeah, yeah. I don't and trans women are women, trans women are women. It, it is the classic meme of just inserting the flash drive into the back of their head and installing whatever programming you want on them. I mean, it's free to be an idiot. You know, you don't have to acquire all of this debt and feed this system of 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 professors and administrators and all these people now immune to the forces of the market. This whole thing is is a massive scam, and, and it's unfortunate that we're still participating in it and, and upholding it. But I want them to pay. I want I want these students to pay. So, you know, I, I encourage them all to fully gender transition. <laughs> Please finish the process. Yeah, yeah then they'll, they'll never have children. Then, then they'll have to live with the um, with the consequences of their moronic, incomprehensible worldview. Well, she says that she's going to sue. Riley Gaines does. Or there will be legal action of some sort. Did she give any specifics? Yeah, on Tucker, she said, um, I'll be pursuing legal action. I will ensure that the people who physically assaulted me, the people who put me in that position will face repercussions. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she has a, a the makings of a really compelling assault case on her hands. Well, unfortunately, all the uh, detectives at the San Francisco Police Department, or <laughs> investigators within the DA's office, they're all still working the Paul Pelosi home. So they could not. <laughs> they can't. They can't offer any resources to this. Good luck. Okay, uh, let's take a break, a super chat break before we get into Chris's interview. And then we will uh, we'll hear what Chris has to say. But first, let's see what our chatters have to say over on Rumble. Yakko 1977 says the left wants to ban semi-auto rifles, but it's okay when the leftist militia Antifa points them at innocent people in the streets of Texas and will punish you if you defend yourself. No free parry. Well, it sounds like maybe that's in the works and uh, 
Yeah, I, I I hadn't even thought about the angle of the the his rifle choice. That suddenly we don't have much criticism for somebody walking around open carrying in uh, in the street. And to be completely clear, I don't have a problem with people open carrying. It's not the fact that that um, Foster was open carrying that I have a dispute with. It's the fact that he advanced in the car, and mm-hmm. if not pointed, appeared to have that rifle hand right on there. the grip right at there. the ready. Um, yeah, that's the difference. You want to talk about the difference between someone like Kyle Rittenhouse and someone like Garrett Foster. One was running away. The other was running towards. Mm-hmm. That's an important distinction, whether of regardless what of what weapon you have. Um, Cribbles says, Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Cribbles. We're good over on Rumble and we're good on DLive as well. Thank you guys. Over Should there. we do a few on YouTube and then go into yeah. the interview? Yeah. General well, grievance. We could probably go to like 10 after the hour here. Or- sure. I guess there's one thing I wanted to talk. Maybe we could be a little quicker than that because I want to talk about the ID on Chris's attacker. I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Let's just do like two or three right now and then we can talk about that. General Grievance, it's been a while, huh? I moved from Washington to Tennessee and things are finally stable enough for me to contribute again. Sadly, now the show's too late for me to watch live. <laughs> and where's the Nashville meetup at? I'm sure we have one, right? Uh, there's, I'm sure that we have to have some Tennessee listeners. I don't know if there's uh, anything active going on, but of course yeah. I would encourage you to check out the community page of the website and send out some emails. Uh, but congratulations the oh, on I'm the sorry. move, man. That's uh, that's great. And and thanks for supporting the show. Much appreciated. Um, I bought PN. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank you so much. Happy Easter to you too. Oh, well, happy Easter to you. I bought PN. We love you. Sick. You're very special. I went to Easter Vigil for the first time last night, and the lone candle marching into the dark of the church was a powerful image. It really Hmm. encapsulated Christ keeping the darkness of the world at bay, something we all need these days. That's true. That sounds very encouraging. That sounds uh, like really cool symbolism, even just uh, beyond the experience of of the church itself. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm glad uh, you take the white pills where you can find them. That's for sure. I'm glad you found one. And on Easter, every Easter I try to keep some perspective and think about what happened to Christ and, and how he suffered. And it re- does really help to put your own suffering in perspective. So, um, Bill is, uh, we get a new federal second amendment court wins yet Washington state barrels on with more gun restrictions. Yeah. I only saw the headlines earlier. Federal. Okay. I Apparently that. Washington state has advanced <laughs> uh, an assault weapons ban through their legislature, but I, people I know and trust on Twitter are saying it's, it's well beyond just your typical, sort of assault weapons ban on transfers manufacture type stuff. So this appears to be a very strict form of uh, an assault weapons ban. I'm not sure if that means that you have to register slash surrender ones you already have or what the implications are. But if you're a Washington state resident, uh, you need to keep your eyes on this, assuming that you have uh, arms that are implicated by this uh, legal development. But to the point on the, the federal wins. Yeah. Eventually the Supreme court, given its newfound um, willingness to take on second amendment cases is going to have to take on some of this assault weapon stuff and, and uh, reconcile that with what they've uh, said in Miller, which is the the common use stuff. If you have these weapon configurations out there in the millions and the, the court has previously said that the second amendment protects weapons quote in common use, I, I don't see how you can get away with these sorts of assault weapons bans uh, or how the court would, would say anything otherwise. So I think eventually they're going to have to address it. And hopefully given this court, you would get something of a favorable answer on that. Yeah. Uh, hold my right. There's a few. Um, 
He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He also said, <clears throat> that was Ecclesiastes. Hmm. He also said, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Hmm. That's true. Did you go to church today? I did not. I'm... Uh... I'm, I'm well, you know, as we've talked about, I'm Matt almost Christensen. All right. I'm I'm still getting there. (laughs) No, I understand. Uh, I did listen to a very good sermon this morning because I'm sick. I couldn't go about, um, like what Holden, Holden Mulray just said, uh, how, uh, our bodies are, are part of our soul and our spirit. It was father Mike Schmitz. We've talked about him before on this show. And on, on Easter, we have to think about the resurrection of the body and how it's very important to take that literally. Um, have you talked about this at all in the Bible study? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, well, we've gone through at least the the presentation of the resurrection in John's gospel. Did you hear anybody uh, posit that it's supposed to be just that that his soul was risen? Because Father Mike Schmitz was talking about how this is common in Christians, a common belief system in Christians. But I've always thought, maybe it's because I'm Catholic, that the resurrection was the body and the spirit. That's the whole point, right? My understanding was the latter, unless I did a terrible job of paying attention in the Bible study. I guess I, I mean, the point is the body is not discovered though. The body is not left behind. Right. Does it, does anybody know in the live chat, if this is like a Baptist thing or something like that? Because I don't think I've ever heard this from any of my Christian friends that his body was not resurrected. It was only a soul and spirit. Um, Holden Mulray also said, forgot to say God bless to you both. God bless to you too. Thank you, Holden. You as well. Should we, we love you? You're very special. Do a few more. Should we, um, should we uh, talk get, about this? Let's, uh, well, let's pause there and thank you for your patience from our chatters. We will come back to you at the end of the show. Uh, appreciate you guys very um, much. I'll have to just circle back with you. But I want to make sure that we uh, get to Chris in, in, in uh, a good time frame here. And, and before we do, the one thing I wanted to uh, mention is that, um, is that his attacker has now been identified uh, and no, this was not an identification made by the worthless Vancouver police department, but by independent journalist, uh, Aiden Kearney, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, he, he goes by the moniker turtle boy. Uh, Kearney dug up this person's, uh, this, this attacker's TikTok, and he goes by the name Brooklyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. Now, Brooklyn Kelly is uh, apparently a 40 year old Ohio state graduate now living in British Columbia the TikTok account has since been deactivated, but Kearney did pull many of the videos. Here is one of Brooklyn Kelly explaining that if you have any questions about him, uh, you need to read a fucking book. Hi, my name is Brooklyn Kelly, and I was born biologically male. Twigs, berries, the whole bits. I choose to express myself in a more traditional female or heteronormative female way. And what does that mean for you if you don't understand? It means that you need to read a fucking book because it's not up for me to explain myself to you. Just like you don't have to explain yourself to me. We can make sane, rational decisions without the invisible man in the sky or some misogynistic idea of what the world should look like. Hmm. I like that they just have to clarify. By the way, I'm godless, you know, just so you're aware. If you had yep. any illusions otherwise, I'm godless. Oh, yeah. So let's be clear about that. He's been taking hormones only for a year. Um, so there is some speculation that the hormones could have contributed to violent behavior. But 
I don't know, maybe I don't know enough about hormone therapy, but it seems like only increasing your testosterone would do that, right? Yeah, and and I guess we the hormone in this case would be the, we're we're presuming estrogen. Do we know estrogen, that for sure? Right? Or yeah. I mean, I would assume given male to female. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, and he is autistic, and like we talked about in this interview, this upcoming interview, fifty percent of people who identify as transgender are autistic. I couldn't believe that statistic. Wow, I, I've not I've not heard that before, but I suppose that does make some sense. Um, despite this attack being on video and the attacker now publicly identified, Vancouver PD um, has not announced any charges, probably won't announce any charges, despite, as you'll see momentarily, the actually black eye on Chris's face. Very lightly, more of just like a lightly tanned eye. Um, but uh, when we interviewed Chris this week, Brooklyn Kelly was not yet identified. Um, and as he mentions, uh, he did not know this person previously. And so uh, with that, we will get to our interview with Billboard Chris. It is about uh, 25 minutes long, so good length interview. But uh, exactly what happened with his attack last weekend and the rest of his work fighting all of the transgender insanity. So we will see you on the other side. Fuck you. And welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening. That's Billboard Chris, the man with the courage to stand up to the transgender insanity with the politeness of a simple sign. First of all, uh, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. You can find all of his work at uh, billboardchris.com. Follow him on Twitter at billboardchris. But Chris, uh, we're happy to host you. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure, Matt. I've been using one of your videos about the fake crisis of transgender murders for a couple of years now. Whenever people talk about the genocide going on, they're actually the most safe demographic out there. I appreciate it. So thank you for your work. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, for those of us unfamiliar with your mission and, and your approach, can you describe who you are, what you do, uh, and why you do it? Sure. So I'm just a run-of-the-mill dad living out in the suburbs of Vancouver, Canada. I have two daughters. They're 11 and 13 years old. And like most parents, it's all about our kids. That's why we live and work so hard. We want to leave a good legacy for our children. And I don't like the way this world's going. I don't like sending my girls into a world that doesn't know what a woman is. I refuse to live in a society that is trying to change the sex of children just because these children might not conform to progressive stereotypes of what it means to be a boy or a girl, or usually because these kids have some mental health issues going on, or if they've been abused or traumatized. I'm just, I'm a dad and I learned about this issue of giving kids puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries, and I couldn't believe it. So I didn't have a platform or anything. So the first thing I had actually done was I put up a real billboard that said the very controversial I love J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author. It had a big heart on it, I heart J.K. Rowling. I was following the lead of a woman in England named Posey Parker who had done this at the Edinburgh train station where her poster lasted one day because some people on Twitter said it was hate speech. And so the government-run train authority took it down. 
And I got tired of our freedom of speech being erased. People are getting fired from their jobs for believing in biological reality. Everyone's afraid to say the word trans. And when you have a situation where tens of thousands of children are having their bodies permanently harmed, I think we should be able to talk about that. So I put up this billboard in Vancouver. It also lasted just one day because a Vancouver politician said it was hate speech. And she pressured the sign company to take it down, which they did. That news went a bit viral. I leveraged all this outrage into a little quick campaign. And I put up billboards in San Francisco, Portland, Utah, Los Angeles, all throughout the metro in Washington, D.C., and then Times Square. And then because I couldn't do anything in Canada, no sign companies would work with me. All the media lie. I did the only thing I could do, which was become a billboard. And I go outside and I have conversations. And I go out to the busy street corners downtown. I travel all around North America. I go to university campuses and I have conversations just on campus. And that's how I'm spreading awareness about this. And sometimes violent things happen to me, like what you saw the other day or getting my arm broken in Montreal or whatever. So, wow, so th- this last wow. weekend wasn't even the worst of it. There, no. This was actually pretty tame. I see your nose has healed up nicely, it looks like. <laughs> the nose is doing well. <laughs> I see in this lighting, I've got a shiner. Oh, it's, yeah, maybe a little bit. I, yeah, maybe just yeah, a Yeah, I can't one. really tell unless I got this lighting on me. But Yeah, I didn't know that was the origin. So just to be clear, uh, it was, I love J.K. Rowling. There was no mention of transgenderism. You have to infer that. You could just be a big Harry Potter fan, but that's that's yeah. considered hate speech now. Okay. Yeah, well, and I am a big Harry Potter fan, and I happen to have been reading Harry Potter with my eight-year-old daughter every night at bedtime back then. And J.K. Rowling, of course, has spoken out against this. So she's one of the first real celebrities to have spoken out about this with any boldness at all. And she's a leftist, you know, she's a feminist. Yeah. But the left came for her, too. But Uh, that sign just triggers a ton of hate, and it started a ton of conversations. And people say, what the heck's that sign all about? And then they learn. But today, my signs that I wear... Uh, looking ridiculous as I do, say children cannot consent to puberty blockers and my definition of a dad, which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. Well, and that, and that, yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, Well, I was just going to ask about that's the sign that you, you wore on at the Friday event, right? Children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Okay. Sorry, Blonde, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, it's okay. Could you tell us a little bit about what the climate was like at the event? Yeah. So I mean, normally I'm just doing peaceful stuff more than 90 percent of the population agrees with me but once in a while i'll go to one of these events so this was a transgender day of visibility event because they're not visible at all they need more visibility right and i've seen quite enough myself but some people uh (laughs) apparently need more yeah yeah maybe so it's in east vancouver and i got there it's at a park it's really just a big grass field and I saw one of my friends there, his name's Pierre, and he was on his own and he was kind of surrounded by these hostile people. So I walked over to go say hi. And I couldn't even get to him. Immediately I was assaulted within seconds. This was a more minor assault. Someone came and marked up my sign with a marker and I got hit in the head and I ended up with a bloody nose. So I did what you do in this situation when there's 75 crazy hostile people and one or two of us. I called for the police and I guess there was a police officer around the corner. Maybe she was already sitting there. But uh, is this the police me. officer? Is this that yes. lady? She was, so she was there from the start. She was the first one. Okay. So I had the great fortune of her being the investigating officer. So if I need to talk to an officer that day about 
my assault. It's her. It's none of the other 40 who ended up showing up. Had you ever encountered this police officer or the, you mentioned the first attack, the the attack that the the viral video or the video that went viral was a trans activist lunging at your throat and sort of pulling you down. Had you ever encountered either of these people before this event? No. Okay. So these are new people. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. And I hadn't seen this officer before. I've been arrested twice by the Vancouver police after getting assaulted in October of 2020 and December of 2020. It's all on video. I've tweeted it out. It's hilarious. They wouldn't let me walk freely that day either. All these Antifa types, they were surrounding me, knocked my phone out of my hand. The police said, do not walk in that public square, like literally the public square of Vancouver at the art gallery where all the protests are. And I reject that because I know my rights and I'm not going to live in a society that tells me that just because I'm wearing a sign at that time that said gender ideology does not belong in schools. They can't tell me not to walk on a public street or in a public square. So anyway, a guy came and hit me, a union rep. His name's Robert Ages with kind of two hammer fists. And immediately I was grabbed by the police, handcuffed, taken to jail, charged with causing a disturbance. And I was banned from walking on all these streets in the middle of Vancouver for six months until one day before my first court hearing when the Crown prosecutor dismissed the charge which was disappointing because I would have loved to go go to court. It would have been a slam dunk. But yeah, the other day there was that minor assault and then this police officer shows up. So she gets out of the car and I said, I'd already talked to her for a second. I could tell she was already a problem. I said, I should be able to walk freely (laughs) in Canada. And she says, well, (laughs) so, okay. Well, what, like, what's your point? And then she didn't want to do anything. And more on off, more officers kept coming. These people kept harassing me. I was giving an, an interview with this independent journalist named Dan Dix. And they came all around. So I walked away. They came all around again. I walked away a second time. They came back. So what am I going to do? The police do nothing to create any separation. They do nothing to keep me safe. And I'm giving this interview. People are screaming at me, profanities in both ears, from behind, my left and my right. And then they start crowding right around me, actually crowding into me. And at one point, this man with lipstick shouts extremely loudly in my ear, just from a couple inches away, and it hurt a little bit. So I just did what any normal human being would do, and I put my hand up on his chest slightly, like I need some space. I actually wanted to walk out of there, but I know not to go like, boom, I'm not going to do that. But I did want to walk out of there. But as soon as I touched him ever so slightly, they take that as provocation to to hit you. And this is how it always is with these guys. They just want you to touch you. They want you to step on their pinky toes so that they can say, he touched me first. And just to clarify the timeline with this police officer, because I was watching back a lot of your footage and Dan's footage of her speaking. And she's saying, I need to see the video. You've provided no evidence that this even happened. Meanwhile, I'm looking at other angles of the attack itself and she's right there smirking in the video right. am i missing something clearly or is, watching the whole thing i mean we've corroborated she, that she's watched the whole thing right? yeah she's just yeah, lying so, or am i confused about the timeline no. yeah it's the timeline so when she's okay. saying that that's after the first assault that's when she gets first gets there okay. most of the time at the park um i got assaulted right away and then i was talking to her about the first assault i was talking to another police officer about the first assault and they were taking down my information dan's information And then as soon as they did that, which was apparently the first stage in their investigation, then I said, oh, so now are we going to go find this guy? Because he's just across the grass. She goes, no, I'm just going to keep the peace. 
Oh, got so it. why okay. are you even taking our information? And then so, after all of that, I was assaulted again as she was watching and smiling. Right. Okay. So she may not have been outright lying in the first case, but she was aware that these risks were developing and still spectated gleefully as it happened. Yeah. She said when she first got out of the car after the first assault, which left me with a bloody nose, she said, maybe I scratched myself because people do do that. They do cause their own injuries sometimes to make it look like they've been assaulted. Do you have you uh, heard any word? We know the police are now investigating. Number one, yeah. um, have they been in contact? I assume they've been in contact with you. If so, what are they saying? Number two, do we know if there's any investigation into the police officer? Is that happening? I don't know about any investigation into the police officer. I do know that they say they're investigating. They wanted me to come in and give a statement. And I've talked to a lawyer and he said, no, you don't need to do that. There's no point. Everything's on video from multiple camera angles. They're just trying to set me up for something. They're just, there's some monkey business going on there. So I told them, send me your questions. And he tried to tell me, this investigator tried to tell me that if I don't come in and give a videoed statement, that the chance of the Crown prosecutor, like your state prosecutor, the chance of them filing charges is much lower. It's total crap, Matt. Hmm. It's not true. And Rebecca, it's not true. They've got everything on camera. I've had other people arrested. I didn't need to give, in a, give a video statement. This guy named Jessica Yaniv, who went famous a few years ago for... Oh, oh we yes. remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got, I got him a criminal record last year hmm. because he came out on the street one day and threatened to kill me, wow. which you're not allowed to do. And other things. He said I was calling him bomb threats and stuff. Police charged him, and finally he got a criminal record. I didn't have to give a video statement. I just showed them my 30-second video of him threatening me. You're the guy who finally got Jessica Yaniv. Finally yeah. brought Jessica. Wow. Impressive resume. I did I'm not busy. know that either. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. You, uh, I saw you tweeting as well. So you now have a name or an ID on this, on this police officer who refused to intervene, but you were suspicious uh, or thinking that maybe she had a Twitter account that was mocking you or mocking the incident and promoting transgender ideology. Is that confirmed or uh, is that just something that is suspected at this point? I can't confirm it's her Twitter account, but it's her name. The account was created in July of 2022. There were no tweets on it. There were only liked likes. There were, I think, 55 different likes. So I have the archives of it and I did a screen recording. And she's liking things about transgender day of visibility. She liked the tweet of a guy laughing hysterically about my assault. So she's not the smartest officer out there. And she's got a bunch of misandrous posts, in all honesty. Uh, doesn't seem to love men too much. And she, and then someone found her Facebook account, and there's a picture of her. I think it's in her kitchen. And on the wall, there's a calendar with a general from the CCP, from the <laughs> Chinese Communist Party all right. Army. So maybe she's a commie. It would make sense. A lot of huh. these trans activists are. Well, uh, the other thing about the, the police investigation I've appreciated is that the, uh, well, first of all, I'm sure your transgender attacker is the real victim in one way or another, but the police department of itself course. is the real victim here. They've had to endure <laughs> online hate after this uh, event and after their, their botched non-investigation and then investigation. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the police saying, please leave us alone to stop being mean to us on the internet? 
classic Darvo deny that you're the attacker and reverse the victim order. Now they're just playing victim, trying to shift the narrative as these leftists always do. They can never just accept responsibility. I've had many police officers reach out to me, retired police officers, criminal defense attorney. I did a podcast with last night would be the one defending these people. And he told me he's never seen a more black and white assault case. This is just clear cut and it's outrageous. And they're the embarrassment of the whole world now because this made news everywhere. Australia, Lebanon, France, it's everywhere. Uh, incredible. But now they're just playing victim. So this is the Vancouver police. I'm not surprised. And I told you about that billboard that got taken down. The first one I put up in Vancouver. I'm told that the city councillor, her name's Sarah Kirby Young, I'm told she's married to one of the top cops in Vancouver Police's force. So hmm. it's all political, yeah. right? They don't want to put a transgender person in handcuffs because that would go against the narrative they're always pushing that these are the most oppressed people in history. Yeah, do you... Um... I think that your approach, your strategy is is very attractive to a lot of people. Obviously, despite the accusations of aggression, you're not going there being hostile. You're not trying to incite anybody to do anything other than just maybe think critically about the things that they're being told. And I have no doubt that you are inspiring, are inspiring, have inspired, will inspire a lot of people to do something very similar. As more people may, do you have advice for how to handle this sort of confrontation. If you want to be a billboard, Chris, and just hold a sign, how do you conduct yourself? And what happens if one of these crazies comes after you like that? You know, I don't think a lot of people are going to do this, to be honest, hmm. because yeah, it's just not going to happen. It would have happened already. There, there is another guy out East. And I, I know of a woman who had transitioned and has detransitioned. who's also wanting to start doing this at universities. But if you do want to do this, just start somewhere safe. Go to maybe a capital. You know, go to the state capital where there's already security there. Go to some event where there's already police there. I don't have these violent problems in the States. And all the trips I take now are into the States. Since November of 2021, I've been traveling all over the States. And it's been crazy. I'm meeting with members of Congress. Uh, my best allies in this fight are the moms of Moms for Liberty. So I've helped to inspire 115,000 moms to start taking on this battle. I've made friends all over the country, um, important friends like the Heritage Foundation. And I work with politicians with model legislation to help get this stuff passed. So I don't run any, any of this in the States, but you know, you just got to do something. Avoid Canada. Start is your learning advice. about this, start having conversations about this. You've got to kind of learn a lot about this before you can just go jump out there. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's not that complicated. When I first started, my objective was more about free speech. I was just trying to start conversations. I felt like my knowledge base when it comes to the gender business wasn't up to snuff. But honestly, there's nothing to this, guys. Of course, you can always learn more and more. But it's simple. There's no such thing as a transgender child. They're called girls and boys. That's it. And some of them have a condition called gender dysphoria. You could say, but really none of these kids even have that today because this is a craze affecting adolescents. This isn't the case of little boys, which gender dysphoria used to uh, afflict, who were four or five years old, who had this intense loathing of their biological sex and saw it persist into adolescence. This is a case where girls 
are just having a tough time and boys too, but it's mostly girls and it's autistic kids. It's girls who've been sexually abused. How does a girl feel right now who's been sexually abused? She's not loving being a girl. And if you give her an escape route where you say, oh, you can just be a boy. Well, some of them will take you up on that option. Right. Especially if they're socially isolated before, or if they have some social issues, it's, it's a way for them to easily um, be taken into the social fold and have a more accepting social life. And I don't think people realize that, that this is social currency for some people. A hundred percent. This is just like a cult. You get love bombed as soon as you go in it. You are not getting any attention before. A lot of these kids are already suffering with suicidal ideation because they're having a tough time in life. And what happens? They come out as trans. Now they're celebrated. The whole school is celebrating them. They're getting all this social media attention. And these people who identify as trans, they say that they just want, or the activists, they say that they just want these children to be who they really are. Well, hold on for a second here. Let's look at this from a couple angles. If you believe in God, this ideology teaches that God made these children wrong. If you believe in evolution, as I do, and you can believe in both, but if you believe in evolution, then this ideology is saying that somehow, after a billion years of the process of natural selection, for the first time in human history, a pharmaceutical company is here to help our children be who they really They've are. They've had a lot of good luck lately. Man, they're on a run. I can't believe <laughs> And it. all of it happened in the last 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. We went through puberty for the last 200,000 years of human's existence on this planet. Kids weren't all killing themselves because they were born in the wrong body. But that's the number one argument you always hear. If we don't transition them, they'll kill themselves. There's no data to support this. So read up on that. I can help you out. If you ever want to do any of this in the real world, I'll help anyone out. And the only other thing you ever hear is that puberty blockers are reversible. Oh, really? How? Just ask questions like Matt Walsh did in What is a Woman? Matt Walsh didn't even offer an opinion the whole film, and it's like the greatest documentary ever made. He just asked the women's and sexuality experts, what is a woman? And they don't know. Nobody knows what a trans kid is. Nobody knows what it means for a girl to be a boy because it doesn't mean anything. Hmm. This is a cult. But... Puberty blockers aren't reversible because time's not reversible. And if a girl goes on puberty blockers from 10 to 15 or 16, when puberty is done, she doesn't get to go back to being 10 again. Her breasts aren't going to suddenly grow. These boys' penises aren't suddenly going to start growing. We have the president of WPATH, the World Professional Association of Transgender Health, Marcy Bowers, a man who says he's a woman. He's on video admitting that none of the boys who started on puberty blockers at what's called Tanner Stage 2, that's the beginning of puberty, literally zero have had an orgasm as an adult. So they're destroying the future sexual function of these kids. They're sterilizing children, cutting out their body parts, cutting out their womb, doing gender-affirming hysterectomies, and turning them into lifelong medical patients. And we are to expect that that is helping a child to be who they really are? Hmm. It's preposterous. And there's there's such a culture of dishonesty surrounding um, hormone therapy uh, when there's more honesty about the ramifications of birth control and there's almost total transparency about the ramifications of using uh, steroids for athletic purposes, uh, it's well-documented like what that does, the testicular size and how that's irreversible. But when it comes to this, it's totally reversible and you're going to have no side effects. There'll be no long-term ramifications. It just doesn't pass right. the, the test. Yeah. But to answer your question, Matt, and you were right, when I go out, this is the best strategy. 
I don't approach anyone. I never yell at anyone. I always imagine that there's a million people watching me. I'm always recording. I have a body cam on my sign because I need to record to protect myself as well because I get assaulted and stuff. But when I have a nice conversation, I'll upload that to social media if the person agrees, if they're nice. And that's helping to educate people about how to speak about this issue. But you just got to stay calm. Just stay chill. Ask questions of the hostile people. My strategy with the hostile people is never to try to change their mind. There's no point doing that, especially on the street. And they probably have friends with them or whatever. You're not going to reach anyone. But say something they agree with. It disarms them. So I got someone yelling at me. And I'll say, first of all, there's no right way to be a girl or a boy. If a girl wants to climb trees and play in the dirt and hates dresses and wants short hair, beautiful. If a boy's more feminine, that's great. What's the problem? And they get so confused because I'm supposed to be some bigot yeah. against gender nonconformity. And now I've just said something that they cannot help but agree with. Everyone will agree with it. So now what do they do? I've created this moment of cognitive dissonance where in their brain now there's two competing ideas and those can't coexist. So they're going to have to go home and figure out what my position is. But it also just drops their guard down. So it might open them up for a conversation for a minute and just ask them questions. Because when someone's in a cult, you can't just tell them the truth. They're not going to accept that. They can only get out of a cult when they start questioning it themselves. So you've got to get them thinking, ask them questions. What does it mean to be transgender? What does it mean for a girl to be a boy? What is a gender identity? Nobody can answer these questions. Yeah. Well, wise words, and I think the uh, we could use a lot more of the Socratic method like that. So thank you for being a, a great example of it. That's our guest, Billboard Chris. You can find all his work at billboardchris.com. Of course, follow him on Twitter as well, at Billboard Chris. Uh, Chris, is there anywhere else you'd like uh, people to find you? Yeah, Twitter is really the main place. That's where I do everything. Uh, Instagram as well. I have a bunch of videos up, including all the videos from these trans health experts themselves, where they incriminate themselves completely. But uh, that's just Billboard yeah, Chris as well. Has Instagram, all the good basic info. Yeah, Instagram at Billboard Chris. Okay. Yeah, website's pretty basic, but it, it's a good starting point. And if people want to support me, they can click a little donate button on there. But really, I just want people to all get educated and start having conversations because we're winning spectacularly, and we're going to keep winning because so many people know about this now that it's never going to go backwards again. We'll just keep moving forward. All right. Well, thank you for making time for us. We really appreciate it, and we're pleased to meet you. Have a great night. Have a My great pleasure. Night. Thank you for having me. Fuck you. Thanks again to our guest, Billboard Chris. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at billboard chris find his website at billboardchris.com it's a sign of the times when a man that polite prompts insane violent rage by his, his mere presence and i Did, didn't notice while we were interviewing him because the screen was really small but he does have a full-on shiner yeah yeah I, I didn't notice it immediately in the moment either but uh yeah you can tell 
And um, I mentioned it on Wednesday, but I, I will repeat myself for the Sunday audience. Uh, true story. He showed up one minute past our appointment time and apologized for it. That's how polite and Canadian he is. Oh. Uh, and yes, he said he's very sorry for it. He did. He did yeah. indeed. So it, it was uh, we appreciate him making time for our show. And it was um, it was nice to speak with him. All right. Uh, you ready for hoax hate? It's that time. Sure am. Okay, well, let's get into it then. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In Eustace, Florida, new resident Melanie Cruz says the pride flag that she posted on her new home has been vandalized with what appears to be the laziest vandalism of all time. Mostly represents love um, or the absence of hate um, and include like inclusiveness. Navy veteran Melanie Cruz moved to Eustis with her partner and children a few weeks ago to be ah! closer to family. One of the first things she did was hang this pride flag. But the other day, she noticed one word drawn on it. No. We did think it was going to be a safer place here from where we came from. So that kind of shifted our ideals towards that. It was a concern of, like, safety. Police Chief Craig Capri says everyone here deserves to feel safe. I take it serious. So do, so do my officers. We take it serious. We're, we're going to try to find out who did this, and we're going to bring them to justice and send a message. On top of the vandalism, the suspect had to walk into the screened front porch to do it. While police search for the suspect, Melanie Cruz has put in new cameras and changed her locks. But she also plans to put up even more pride flags in front of her house. There's always going to be hate, like I said. But at least in this house, there is a. I don't think the vandal even spent the money for the really thick Sharpie they used. I know you can't even see in this image in this news story here. You can hardly even tell that there's writing on the bottom true blue and uh, bottom two blue and purple stripes there. What did she say that that love is the absence of hate? That's not true. That's well, I guess she said the flag represents at least the absence of hate. I don't know if she meant to equate those things, but but that even that's not true. How do these people get kids? (laughs) Mystery of the story. Yeah. Uh, She said about speaking of the flag symbolism, she said the flag is to include inclusiveness. (laughs) So the programming shorted out a little bit there. I don't think these people even know what they're saying anymore. Um, and to your scoffing, I don't know if this is what the scoffing was about, because there are many things to scoff about in this story. If she actually is a Navy veteran, well, that tells me everything I need to know about the state of our military. Yeah, really? Uh, if you couldn't, if you didn't see, do I have a screenshot here? Oh no, it's not. Well, it's clipped, but the shirt that she's wearing says she, her, they, them. She was prepped for this interview. This but, isn't uh, a gender thing. This is an obese woman that's trying to adopt a personality. That's uh, what I thought about. you were going to say adopt kids, but she already achieved that. Ugh. I hope they're <laughs> adopted. God. Well, maybe they're not actually. Yeah, maybe they are biological. I hadn't considered that uh, possibility. But um, man, how serendipitous that this event has inspired her to put up even more pride flags at her new home. 
Uh, speaking of the kids, though, is it possible that the kids scribbled that for some reason? I, I wonder if seriously, I wonder if that's a no, a, please don't drive us off a cliff, mom. <laughs> yeah. Base toddlers. They they see their fate. <laughs> Um, the police chief says that the police department is investigating the incident as a hate crime. And that would be the first reported hate crime in the city this year. The police chief says this sort of incident is very rare and unusual in Eustis, which is why he's investigating so aggressively. Um, come but on. If it's, Can if we it's, get one police chief to come out here and be like, I'm not going to investigate this because I don't care. And I don't take this seriously. Yeah. End of press conference. Police chief uh, blonde. If true, don't care. Well, come on. Like, this is this is a reason. They're probably off crime here that they actually need to, you know, delineate resources. It's uh, this is maybe like a half hour out of Orlando, something like that. I don't know what Orlando's crime scene is like. I'm, I will speculate. Probably bad is my guess. I will yeah. speculate this community is probably not high crime, especially if the police uh, chief is so easily focused on it. Um but uh, but yeah, if, if it's very rare and out of character, well, uh, perhaps let's let's look at the, the variable that changed. We had a uh, very uh, pride flag oriented couple move in and suddenly you get this effect. Is it possible that the variable that changed as in their entry is of explanatory value for how this happened? Um, and, you know, it, it used to be like you move to a neighborhood, you bake cookies to meet the neighbors or you host some sort of housewarming events to try to make friends with everybody. Now you just uh, fake a hate crime and, and browbeat everybody into feeling sorry for you. That's how you make your entrance into a new community in this modern world. Why does everybody have to feel like they're special? It used to be okay to be like an average person. It Why still can't is we okay, do that anymore? But it, it's yeah. not okay. Well, yeah, it, I, Again, another episode of it's not enough just to say that's fine. You do you in your own home uh, unless we are all actively promoting and clapping at the mere sight of these people. That's that's insufficient. And why um, can't she just be like a, a, a middling lesbian, like a fat average lesbian? I don't know. She needs affirmation. Uh is yeah, that I, enough, though? I had you look for a GoFundMe on this and there was no go, GoFundMe discovered. So I guess that's not an angle. Uh, in this particular case. Well, um, in Long Island, New York, uh, a, uh, a a mother is filing a discrimination complaint against Sachem Central uh, School District over a teacher's alleged comments about her daughter's hair. The black student, who is a senior at Sachem East High, alleges that a white teacher repeatedly referred to her hair as, quote, ethnic, while calling her own hair, quote, normal and American. <laughs> oh, wait, let me find. Oh, here's the clip. Sorry. Senior and her family in Suffolk are suing her school district after their lawyer says a white teacher repeatedly discriminated against her because of her hair. That teacher told the Sachem East High School senior more than once that her hair was, quote, ethnic. The senior, who he says is the only black person in the class, had her hair referred to as ethnic, while the white teacher called her own hair American and normal. He says <laughs> nothing was done to stop what he says were repeated violations of New York's Crown Act. It stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. That law is meant to eliminate discrimination on the style or texture of someone's hair. She got told she's not like everyone else. She got told that she's an outcast. She got told that she has different hair. Enough is enough that you don't need to tolerate being a second class system citizen in your own school. 
taking on the important issues. This lawyer, man. <laughs> Tell me more, Mr. Lieb. Um, now, it is, in fact, hilarious that that hair discrimination is indeed against a New York state law, because, of course, it is like everything else. Uh, but there is, in fact, a context that explains what we're hearing, if not in full, probably most. Uh, now, why would a teacher just weirdly describe a student's hair as ethnic? Well, might it be because we're in a cosmetology class with a cosmetology teacher? Okay. Uh, un undoubtedly, this class was discussing the care and styling of different types of hair. And this student's hair was used as a reference point. There is a 0% chance that these comments were made with any sort of hate. In fact, I bet it was the opposite. I bet the teacher said, hey, when dealing with these ethnic hair types like this beautiful young lady over here has blah 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 do this do that something like that guaranteed that's what happened in this case he didn't call her a nappy headed hoe yeah i didn't hear that i don't know what the context would be for calling straight hair or you know i guess white people hair what I, I don't know what the context for calling that american is but who knows maybe that happened maybe it didn't um Sachem Central School District is not commenting because they say they don't comment publicly on pending litigation. <laughs> I'm just you can't be told to at school that your hair is different from other people's, even if your hair is different from different, other people. Yeah. Like, who are we kidding? The, the hair is different. We're not allowed to say that it's different. OK, well, I mean, th that's that's hate. That's discrimination in New York State these days. Anyway, uh, anything else on that before the movie review? Nothing that I can say online. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sparing my channel from uh, Neil's wrath. Mm. Let's get to the movie. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 2004 Disney Pixar family action film, The Incredibles, in which a retired superhero family returns to the business to defeat an, an old admirer turned enemy, finding ordinary family values along the way. From movie picker William, a fantastic family movie that never quits. Ayn Rand's original career was as a screenwriter, and had she lived during the Pixar era, the script for this movie easily could have been hers. A family of superheroes is relegated to obscurity due to the ingratitude of the very people who benefit most from their labors, only to be drawn out by a villain consumed with envy of their superpowers. Besides being resolutely pro-family and anti-egalitarian, the movie is enjoyable for simply being such a wildly entertaining thrill ride, arguably the best CG animated movie ever made. As always your thoughts and your rating. Oh, I love this. It, finally, a movie I can watch with my kid too. Um, she was really into it. Uh, I thought it was so fun. I've seen it before, but it's been a really long time. Uh, a few things that I loved. I love that the lawyers took down the superheroes by being excessively litigious. Yeah. <laughs> that's that scene was really funny. And that seems like that's something that would happen in today's society. And of course, um, I love that their powers were inherited. Um, I thought that that was I, the whole time I was like, would they even be able to make this now? I mean, I'm sure they would have introduced uh, no, some tranny nuclear white family is not allowed. <clears throat> yeah. No, it was really pro family and positive about yeah. not hiding your God given gifts because society is corrupt. Uh, and the man that thought that he could earn those gifts 
through his intellect was the was the truly evil one. So I was like, all right, I thought it was pronatalist and hmm. you know, and pro family, like white positive family. Uh, it was really <laughs> fun. Yeah, four out of five. Uh, we're... My only problem is that um, I wasn't crazy about the style of the animation. It was like hmm. a, a little mid century modern. I didn't hate it. I just like it wasn't it wasn't quite there, but I thought it was great. The weird great. tiny legs and tiny feet and stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was so fun. It was a great one. We're in a very similar. We have a very similar perspective on this. Uh, th- actually, when I when I watch movies, um, what I do is I have my phone not to like cheat and look up plot points or something like that. I have my phone with a notepad open so that I can when there are moments in the movie that I want to remember, whether it's scripting or whether it's a certain plot development, I just jot that down so I can return to it later. And this is a movie where I had too many points of too many philosophical points I wanted to discuss to even include in the review because it would have just been too long. And honestly, what I wrote is probably too long. So I I had to make a short list of the points that I appreciated. And, and the first of of those is this bargain, uh, this, this marriage bargain between men and women, which is really what is fundamental to this movie. And whether a husband should be expected to give up all, thirst for adventure all sense of adventure whether he has an obligation to do that for family or whether a wife has an obligation to hold him down to make sure that he does not venture too far out and stays with the family but the the beauty and the necessity of that relationship is is the balance of both that is to say that that risk without a safety net you need that safety net of home but you need the man willing to go out and take that risk risk without a safety net is death yeah. A safety net without any exploration outward is stagnant. You need that male drive to to find new things, build new things, create greatness. Um, a good marriage is a stable base from which to climb. And I thought this really demonstrated that well. Um, and so I appreciated that. Uh, you mentioned that the bad guy is a great character. And I, and I agree, um, or at least his his plot line is great. Uh, he, he, he creates the problem to solve the problem to become right. a hero and it all goes wrong. If, if you, that doesn't, um, spark, uh, prompt some thought in your head, you haven't been paying attention the last three or so years because we've watched the Corona version of that happen in real time, man, this, this line. So, uh, there's a point at which, uh, Mr. Incredible has the opportunity to crush syndrome's assistant mirage and syndrome says, uh, yeah, do it. I know you won't. And he doesn't. And uh, Syndrome says something like, I knew you wouldn't know balls or you're weak. And Mirage responds later, you know, it's not, uh, valuing life is not weakness. And yeah. there's a very brief but yep. important philosophical discussion about that. And it's not just on that point that that the value for life is the 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 fundamental moral premise from which all others are built. So upholding that, maintaining that, orienting your life toward that, that is not weakness. But there's even um, more broad concepts on just what strength is. That is to say that that strength is operating according to and pursuant to the moral framework of the world. It's not strength to just sucker punch somebody because you can. Yeah. Um, strength is serving those those principles of the world, even when it's very difficult to do. Mr. Incredible does in that situation. And that was a theme that is very on point with the discussions of this show, I thought. Um, when when uh, Mrs. Incredible, uh, Elastigirl, Helen, when she leaves her kids to go to the the secret lair, she has this line: "Doubt is a luxury we can't afford." 
And and I really appreciated that in a time of being blackpilled. The, the oh, mere yeah. fact that you have the ability to sit around and contemplate all your problems or all the world's problems is, in fact, a luxury. Uh, it, it is. It, it, true survival does not offer that comfort. And so um, cons- we need to consider our gifts accordingly. And I always appreciate that sort of perspective. You mentioned the point on, on suing the good guy or litigating productivity into oblivion. I love that too, so I won't I won't uh, go over that again. But it, don't work too hard; someone will punish you for it and take from you because <laughs> exactly. of it. Um, your boss isn't as controlling as you think. I think yeah. both of us had this kind of experience, and that's not to say that you don't have some micromanager who's annoying at work. But but it it, it is when Bob realizes that it's not his boss that's holding him to all of these uh, all these insufferable things at work. It's his own decision to mm-hmm. stay there, and of course. Um, we all fear the mystery of the unknown. What happens if I bail on this job or this school? Wh- what if I don't succeed? What if I don't find anything else? Well, you know, we're we're prioritizing the convenience of that secure mediocrity uh, over the fear of that unknown. But but fe- but fear of failure is never really a good reason to avoid risk uh, mm-hmm. and the hard work necessary to build something great. So you can't sit by and let all of life's opportunity pass you by. It was a great demonstration of that. And that ties into the last thing I really appreciated, which is the scene of the kid. So he arrives home. Mr. Incredible arrives home from work, very uh, just uh, annoyed with the, the state of his life and the state of his job. And he accidentally smashes the car and the little tricycle kid is just watching. Well, what are you, what are you waiting for? What are you looking at? Okay. I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Yeah, me too, <laughs> kid. And it, and it seems like kind of just a, passing moment in the dialogue but that's actually the point at which the entire plot shifts that he decides to take control of everything to become more assertive and return to his superhero role and that philosophy maybe if you're the tricycle kid you do sit around and something amazing happens to you but the point is you don't sit around waiting for something amazing to happen because that's not how it works you have to go actively make things amazing happen actively uh, every day and that is almost always the way that it works and uh, we need to maintain perspective on that. When you sit around waiting for things to come to you, guess what? They don't. And uh, I, I really appreciated that demonstration. Things I didn't like are almost nothing. What? Oh, okay. uh, um, I, I agree with you that it wasn't even the animation style per se to me. It's just the things I loved about this movie were very serious philosophical points to which it should or for which it, I credit it. Something about the cartoony, silly style just kind of clashes with that a little bit for me, that it's harder for me to take it seriously. I don't know. I guess, what do I want? Like some super serious Incredibles drama, uh, live action drama or something? I don't know. I understand that I also awarded a five wiki to the Lion King because I love its sincere philosophy so much, even though that is similarly cartoony. So I realize that I don't necessarily have an excellent, coherent reason why I place like the Lion King a notch above about this movie other than it's just the subjective level of, of enjoyment. This wasn't quite at that tier for me. And then there was some uh, era or setting ambiguity. Again, not that it matters about how about the, the big lessons of this movie or the big theme, yeah. but I, 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 I think it was modern, but then there were some mid-century modern elements. The, yeah. The cars were like 1950s and then they're oh, desktop they? yeah, computers. They yeah, yeah. Um, it's complete fiction. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, <clears throat> oh, you can't do that. That the this was from this decade and that was from this decade. I just thought it was sort of. I'm I'm just unclear what the aim was. Not that it's wrong. I just uh, I wonder what the intent was. At what in what era did they intend to place this? It's kind of unclear. Know, modern, probably. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, I ended up right where you did, which is a perfectly respectable four wiki rating. Uh, excellent family viewing. I'll probably return to it when my uh, when my son is old enough to understand it. So uh, as far as early response to the movie, people love this movie more than almost 60 percent of the early voters giving it a five wiki oh, good. perfection. That's so, great. People do love this movie. Uh, oh, I have to admit. So next week we're watching my neighbor. My wife told me I pronounce it wrong. It's Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. Not I to- have never heard of or seen this. You're like the quasi Japanese culture expert among us. No, Between not you at and all. Me, never claimed to be that. Mm. Well, you know more about Japanese culture than I do, which is like there's like one sushi restaurant in town that I like, and it's not <laughs> run by Japanese people. That's Apparently, this is a cult classic that we should know about. Okay. So I think it's my neighbor Totoro. We'll watch that for next week. The point I need to make is that there was an error in the voting this week that disabled the voting for part of the time. And I don't have a way to correct that retroactively. So I had to defer to the leading movie at the time that the voting stopped. I have corrected the error for future voting. At least I believe that I have. So this won't, this problem won't return for that. I apologize. I just have to go with what was leading at the time that the vote stopped. I swear. I'm not trying to do some Georgia style burst pipe. I'm not trying to fortify the election. That's just what happened. And, uh, there was, um, it's not an error in the polling <laughs> service. It was my misunderstanding of how the polling service worked. To be completely frank, um, the level of... The, I have to pay for their service to allow for a certain number of votes and interaction. And oh. I, I didn't... I was cheap, but I didn't pay for the the high enough level. And so it cut it off. I didn't realize it was going to cut it off. And it cut it off. And so I had to... So the electricity went out. I had to saying. pay the polling. I was delinquent on my polling company bills. That's how that happened. And I've fixed that uh, at least i believe i have I've, I've paid them what they're due to make sure that it doesn't happen again anyway um after that it is the last week to vote on listener williams nominations for april remaining nominees are titanic once upon a time in the west the italian job from 2003 clueless hero from 2002 or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead next week we will have a special selection on which to vote for the fifth sunday of the month can I disclose what our arrangement will be? Sure. You, you're returning as movie nominator for one week and one week only. You're going to make your selections like the old days when this bit was first started almost two years ago. Yes. But I did pick all of my old movies from a list of movies, which I had already seen. And I think that I'm going to do movies that I have not seen. Ooh, Movies you want to see. Do you have any selections made yet? Um, the wild bunch. I think that's going to be on there. Okay. And then I'll talk to my brother. About what else ah, so it's actually blondes brothers nominations next week. I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna make- All right. Um, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media dot com. Okay. Let's catch up with our chatters who have been very patient this evening. Thank you guys. Uh, number one for supporting the show and number two for your patience as we've had a jam packed show as usual. I have several chatters over on rumble. So let me oh, get to ahead. those and then we'll come back to uh, YouTube and tippy stream. 
Oh, this is excellent news. Um, well, let me get to that in a moment because beforehand JD 1492 says, is the next stage of the gay war, uh, will it include the creation of trans Gestapo to scapegoat white people about our economic collapse? That's like you're, you're maybe a month ahead of where we are right now, <laughs> oh, God. but you're not, uh, you're not too far. You're not too far uh, away. I think you're onto something. Uh, Addicted to drums is now a monthly supporter. And the reason I, I want to emphasize that is I was not aware that rumble offered that feature on my channel. So now rumble has like a, a Patreon style or you know, a subscription type thing where you can support the channel monthly. If you'd like to do that, of course, very grateful if you decide to. And what else, the, the one thing I heard from rumble when they were teasing this a few weeks ago, apparently they are not taking a fee on it at all for the rest of the year. Oh. So I don't think that's going to be permanent, but if you would like to support the show on rumble, they are, uh, they're putting a hundred percent of that toward that the is incredible. So we'll, we'll get 100% of the donations. That is my understanding. If you are a person, Can we considering, lose what 30% on YouTube, uh, YouTube super chat, they take 30%. Yeah. Oh, um, rumble oh. is saying, if you choose to sign up to do monthly supports, I think they're <laughs> saying hundred percent to the creator. Do double check on that. That's just what I saw them say a few weeks ago. If you're a person considering that, but, uh, of course, addicted to drums. Uh, thank you. And as far as I'm aware, you're our first rumble monthly supporter. So, uh, very, uh, appreciate that very much. Thank you. Uh, addicted to drums. Uh, oh, that's it's same guy chatting twice, right? Thanks. He says, okay. And now we got a cool little badge. You get, you get like a little chess piece, like a rook looking thing or a, a castle looking thing. If you do it very cool. Uh, 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 let's see. Lost my job this, this week for refusing oh, no. to call a, she, a, he feel pretty good about it. Actually. Unbelievable. <laughs> you suck fuck you fired for <laughs> refusing to use the pronouns man i um i'm very sorry to hear it obviously but if that if you stood your ground on that and were willing to lose your job over that i have a lot of respect for that oh, that's yeah Good that's for a you. big move man uh and thank you for supporting the show and if you would care to offer more details on how that played out i'd love to hear about it of course uh i will protect your privacy to the full degree if you're for whatever willing uh, details you're willing to share but I understand if that's too personal, you'd rather not. But I'd like to hear about it if so. Um, Cribble says, assume my gender. How dare you, screeched Dylan. <laughs> the nerve to think uh, it's, oh, it's this buds for you. Okay, yeah. So this is a Dylan Mulvaney thing. Um, Dylan Mulvaney, uh, people have noted that Bud Light has gone completely dark on all of its social media ever since. I know since. it's been since then, right? It's Nothing been about a been week. Posted. Yeah, they've, they've. <laughs> They have uh, the nerve to think it's this buds for you. Okay, right. So <laughs> I botched the joke a little bit, but I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So Bud Light, uh, it seems like they're really scrambling. And now people are sharing this video all over Twitter. I see some sort of marketing director at Bud Light is a, uh, you know, you're stereotypically college educated, young ish. Uh, appears to be progressive white woman who is uh, injecting all the right, va all the correct values into their marketing strategy. What I heard her say was weird. She's saying we need to pick up more slack with young people and this is how we do it. And right. I'm, I'm going to assume the best that she meant young adults age 21 and up, but it, it is particularly. We I, I have to note that she's saying we need to do gender bending to appeal to the young people to make them consume alcohol. That's fundamentally what she's saying. And when you think about it in that sense, it's, it's, it's quite degenerate 
And I say this as someone who um, I'm not opposed to alcohol consumption. I enjoy uh, my responsible beverages. Right. So it's not that it's just like we need to get the kids to start drinking Bud Light. So they and by and and in the process, warm everybody up to the trannies. That's. Ooh, yeah. Um, Cribbles, your chat actually sent through twice. So if you didn't intend that, you can um, send me an email. I can I can refund one of those if you would like. Or if not, of course, thank you for the support uh, for the show. Very much appreciated. Amazing llama. Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sins. Um, <laughs> come on. Oh no. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you'll appreciate this one. Can I say this? Ooh, I don't know. Okay. I'm not reading it, so I legit You don't even have it. I'm the only one looking at it, so it's entirely okay. on me. Uh, I'm going to go for it. Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sins. He wasn't a Jew about the forgiveness. <laughs> all, the, <laughs> all the haters can S my D. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was, I, that that was a new genre of joke right there. And that will finish up our, um, our rumble chats. If you want to catch sure. up on YouTube and Tibby stream. Wicked masshole. BB Chris is doing great RL activism. He can't be argued against only attacked. Also, I dropped a video about the Ohio House Rhino coup only 93 days after it happened for this and other timely breaking news. <laughs> Subscribe to Wicked Massel on YouTube. Uh, it's okay. We hit stories late, too. I hear you. Well, I've, you do what you can. I, I didn't know that you actually had a channel, Wicked Massel. That's news to me. So I'll have to check it out. And of course, uh, thank you for um, your support for the show. Very much appreciated. Logan or Martin Luther's last book written in 1543 should be mandatory reading in all schools of all ages. Better yet, you guys could have a segment like Nick Rackett's Daily Unbreaded. Whenever I see Nick in a super chat, I immediately just assume that I'm going to end up saying the N word. So <laughs> it's Mr. Gurr. Mr. Uh, is this Mr. Nick Rackett with a spelling error or is there a guy named Nick Rackett's? I, I have to I plead ignorance on this. Me too. I'm glad you also don't know. It makes me feel better about my Yeah, I, I'll have to check it out. I don't know the reference. I'm but sorry about that. But it's from Logan Orr. Oh, of, of course. He's crafty. You Dude, always... I just said something, didn't I? No, I don't think so. I think this is okay. a real segment that he's talking about. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, it's cool. As a Jericho Unbound, not that interested in the politics tonight. I'm here for the review of my favorite film of all time. I expect hmm. a couple of fives. Or you're dead to me. No pressure, though. <laughs> Love you, kids. Happy Easter, you and yours. Well, damn. If only I had heard from you um, like 24 hours ago, I could have upgraded to a five. To be honest, I was right on the cusp and I was frustrated because normally if I don't, normally I can articulate some sort of quasi objective reason why I rated it the way that I did. In this case, it was just a matter of like pure personal entertainment. I just, it, it wasn't top shelf for me, even though I can't quite explain why, because I have nothing but praise to say for it. I don't know. No, I understand. Sometimes the five, it's a sacred thing. This, when I give a movie a five, like it's really knocked it out of the park. I love this, but I did not give it a five. I've dished out a lot of fives. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'll have to look at the data, but I'm pretty sure I've given it way is more Nick fives. Arcata, I, his nickname is Rackets. Ah, got it. So it was not a secret N-word. It was not. I was worried about that. Uh, Son of the Wolf. He is risen. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank Happy you, Happy Easter. Thank you. Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made love. Want to see the video? Join containment breachers today. Seriously, the more the merrier. I'm not desperate at all. Everyone always says someone should do something. Why not you? You can be a billboard Chris. That's a big game, man. That's not gay at all, actually. Just Robin's chat is, uh, as usual. 
Um, by the way, Robin, I will mention, and everybody who's interested in breaching containment, which you may have heard this referenced on shows prior. If not, they're they're organizing a group doing the sort of in real life activity like Billboard Chris is doing, not necessarily wearing signs, but just posting truths around the world. Maybe that means a sticker here or there. Maybe that means uh, just you know some kind of depiction to remind people that they're uh, being brainwashed in any number of ways. And that project is called Breaching Containment. And they've been working together to brainstorm ideas for how to interact with the world in that way in non-criminal, perfectly morally acceptable <laughs> ways, to be clear. Yeah. But they have a Discord server in which they're communicating. And so if you are a sincere, a person sincerely interested in participating and you're not a fed and you're not trying to do anything else that's uh, suspicious, uh, I have linked the breaching containment discord server on the community page of my website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. If you would like to connect with the breaching containment community and please no feds. Fed, 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 fed. Boogeyman917 says happy Easter to my favorite podcast duo. Cheers. Cheers to you as well. Boogeyman. Thank you. Boogeyman. Appreciate it. Whiskey noodle found out today. My wife and I are having another boy. I'm just proud dad wanting to share the great news. That's great. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. We love you. You're very special. That's great to hear. That is great to hear. Congrats. Um, All the best to your family. Adkins. Happy Easter for you. No good. Low down money grabbers. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Hmm. Thank you for that, James. Uh, Long John John. Matt and I once made love. He's not a real Christian yet, so y'all better get better shit or get off the pot and try it yourself <laughs> before he becomes one. It'll change your life. Throwback to Wednesday. Uh, that yeah. So if people want to know the reference, um, we do email questions on Wednesday, which you know the 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 Wednesday audience is a more niche thing than the Sunday show. So I, I understand a lot of people don't listen to the Wednesday show, but we do email questions on Wednesday, and there was one question that um. That shamed me for not so for, hard for sitting on the Christian pot, but not shitting. So I need to mm. shit or get off the pot. Um, and you could say that it it very much rubbed me the wrong way because I, I do actually take this sincerely. I have spent the last year, almost the last year doing this Bible study on a weekly basis. We are on break right now, but we're resuming in June. Um, and I found a lot of value in it. Does that mean that I have... Um, I don't know that I've found a change in title necessarily, but obviously there's a reason I continue doing this and there's some, something about it that keeps me interested in participating in the, and uh, so I've found value in understanding the scripture. I've found value in the community and I feel like I'm on a path towards some clarity or understanding about the, the moral truth of the world. That is what I really seek. And for someone to email me and tell me that I'm not doing that good enough on his timeline. And if I don't do it now, I should quit. Um, yeah, that really pisses me off. And so I had something of a lengthy response to that particular email is what the reference is. It was really, really funny. If you want to find it, the the it's in the, the call-in show replay from Wednesday. You can find the audio replay on the podcast page of the website. And that would have happened. We do the the email questions somewhere starting about an hour 40 in. So I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna guess that happened somewhere two around the hours. two hour mark, yeah. give or take ten minutes. If you want to find it, I don't have an exact timestamp, but that's where it would be. Um, thank you, Long Don John. 
Uh, oh, I seem to have lost my place. Laurel says, bets on who will win the 2024 election will the losing side recognize the results of the election, more civil unrest if Democrats win or if Republicans win. Is that even a bet? We all know the yeah, answer. It, Come on, man. It'll be Biden and uh, there will be some angry grumbles. And if it's Trump, uh, every major city in America is going to be burned to the ground. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say guarantee that you're right that if if a republican but specifically if trump won there will be yeah. more the scale of the violence will be drastically higher than if yep. say biden was reelected or if it's kamala or pete Buttigieg or whatever uh i but but i, I after the last time I, i'm not believing that it's possible for a republican to win that election until proven otherwise i'm not going to obviously i'll do what i can to try to minimize Democrat power because I think they're the greater threat. And and as we talk about frequently, I'm not foregoing voting or trying to encourage, you know, non-voting or whatever, but I have a lot of questions about the way that the system has been manipulated and the rules that were put in place in response to Corona and all the nonsense last time around. My point is it's not even like fraudulent voting, like some scheme of fraudulently filling out ballots. It's a system that allows for this sort of ballot harvesting that is just collecting these ballots on a scale that Democrats have such an advantage already built for. Republicans don't have the infrastructure, even the human infrastructure to do it, um, even if they wanted to. And I don't know that they want to. So I'm I'm very pessimistic about the prospect of a Republican victory for president in 2024, even given the state of the country, because I, I, I don't think that it's I think the system has been built in such a way that it's less about convincing people. It's less about real votes, uh, as in people making this decision themselves and voting on their own behalf and more about activists hounding you at the door to fill out oh, your yeah. ballot in a certain way. And they'll take it in for you where the jurisdiction allows that. Um, it's more about just harassing people into voting the way that you want them to. And if you have an army of paid activists to do that, I don't know how you beat that. Not to mention they have the convenience of the population density of the urban centers. How mm-hmm. do you match that? If like, if I'm trying to ballot harvest in Montana, what am I going to do? Drive to every ranch. <laughs> They're going to collect 10 for every one that I get. Yeah. It's so uh, until we, <laughs> I don't know. We need to get back to a more traditional system of voting. But the trouble is you don't do that when the system has already been set up to to achieve the sort of ends that we've just talked about. How do you get that sort of reform without the ability to vote for it? How you say? It was rough. Yeah. Mm, I can think of a way or two. Let's see. (laughs) Blonde solutions coming soon. Um, Yeah, I mean, they are. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they will um, some say they will be final yes <laughs> you will not need any more solutions after these are deployed sure robin d banks hole up didn't hillary get her charges dropped not interfere in the election 16 also nathan get in the containment breachers discord my matt and blonde fanfic needs quality cover <laughs> art <laughs> yeah I, I that's right i forgot i forgot you were looking for that that might be a uh well you guys might connect on that i tell you what robin if you send me an email to remind me I could ask if Nathan is interested in providing for such a thing because he did say to me that he was interested in providing artwork needs where they may arise. And I had forgotten no. that you were in need of one. So I might be able to connect you. Um, he might be interested in that because I know that Nathan is interested in refining his AI art skills in general. So um, yeah, perhaps there's uh, something to be worked out there. 
Uh, do you want to read a few? I'll, I'll yeah, sorry. stop with Mentrix. Uh, Mentrix, did... my wife oh, yeah. complains that I don't buy her flowers. To be honest, I never knew she sold flowers. That's a <laughs> dad joke. All right. That, that, was, that was a pretty good one. Hold on. I wasn't prepared. Pretty but good. you get a sad trombone for that. Uh, John, John says, uh, yeah, bogus charges for a president to uh, getting convicted of murder when a man points a rifle at you. I'll uh, I'll never have to fight my neighbor at some point. Wink, wink. I'm just hoping they aren't wearing a dress when it happens. Well, the, the, that's how this is going to work out. In fact, it's not just going to be uh, the gay war when it fully arrives. It's not just going to be like your 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 trannies as we're watching them get involved in combat right now. It's going to be ex machina style AI robot trannies. Mm-hmm. That's how this is going to be. These are, this yep. is they're going to be the mental illness is going to be a programming feature. It's not going to be biological in nature. (laughs) That's where we're headed. It's going to be something to see, man. Uh, In the year 2525, I hope retro rifle will become a new sponsor of your and blondes. Fantastic podcast. May God bless both you and your families. Well, thank you. um, And I'm glad uh, you're enjoying their products as well. As I mentioned, uh, those fancy bright gun shirts I've been wearing lately. I don't have any affiliation with them. Uh, but I have had a few people say they've ordered shirts and this, you might, it might be you, uh, Mr. 2525 who emailed me, but I did have one person email me saying I bought a shirt from them and I wrote in the notes. I saw your company on Matt's show. Nice. Uh, just so you know, and they responded, they sent him the shirt back and said, Oh, that's really cool. I'll have to check it out. It was a handwritten Ooh. note. And I thought, great. Now I'm going to get a cease and desist. They're going to say, yeah. do not wear our shirts on your stream. You mother. Yeah. And if you do deny that there are shirts, <laughs> no, I don't know. I've had, they have a cool product. Maybe, maybe it'll work out. Maybe I should just reach out. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I, no, no, that, that you should not do that. I would do it for like, send me one of your shirts once a month and I'll wear it on the stream. I don't even, that'd be cool enough for me. That'd be awesome. I'll do it for the shirts. I don't even need yeah, an income. Sure. Just give me the shirts. I need them for the coming gay war. And then no one will know what team I'm on. Is that guy gay or is he boogaloo? No, that's knows. true. Yeah. They won't know. Yeah, they won't know. Uh, Colton Regal says, uh, my former sweetheart wrote me out of the blue tonight, knowing she's all right. And that the love we shared was real. It brought me such comfort and peace. Uh, God truly answers prayers. Thanks for being here, guys. Godspeed. Interesting. Cool. So I didn't I thought this was going to be a joke, but it's not. So now yeah, I didn't see. follow it. At first, I thought you were talking about a breakup. Now you're saying somebody with whom you broke up in the past uh, got back in touch with you, right? Um, you know, so, sometimes I've had, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I've had that happen to me long after the sting of a breakup has passed. And that's never, when it's happened for me, I've never really felt anger about it. So sometimes... Sometimes that's a good thing to do. I don't know. I But for the most part in my life, I have over time, I became more of the philosophy of breakups are final and do not contact that person ever again after a breakup. Move on. What What are your what's your philosophy on that? I had a boyfriend contact me about a year ago. So what, like five years into my marriage, four years mm-hmm. into my marriage, because he thought he recognized me um, from some Trump rally. And I looked and like, it wasn't me, but he found my YouTube page and everything like that. And he like, just wanted to talk about it. I I thought it was nice. And there was a lot of closure. And I found out that he never had kids and never got married. He's like 50 now. Hmm. So it was somewhat satisfying. 
I've been accused, maybe we're of similar minds. I've been accused of having something of a vengeful attitude toward exes too, that I don't go seeking updates in their lives, but if I find out that there was misfortune, I've been accused of finding satisfaction in that misfortune, which I probably should not. Well, it depends on how their relationship went. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the ones that I, it's only the ones who deserve it. Those are, but in reality, speaking sincerely, once you've built something in which you're 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 genuinely satisfied, that is to say, I, I love what I have and what I do. I love my wife. I love my son. I love what I do for a living. Yeah. yeah. The the amount of time I spend thinking about exes on a daily basis is Never. as close to zero as it could possibly possible, get. Yeah. And that's um to the extent that I get some reminder, that's why I try to push myself to move on from any of those sort of negative feelings. It's like who cares, man? Like you, you got what you wanted. You built what you wanted. Why would you look back at the past with some sort of hostility or some sort of, uh, yeah, anger. That's true. And the thing is, well, I, you I did noticed, like rip my still beating heart out of my chest. Someone so. got you. I thought you were the ghoster. I thought you ruined. I, men. I historically, I've, I, I have been a man ruiner in the past, but yeah. there was one Ooh. that just, he was an older man divorced hung up on a desk how tall like six five. Oh man the one that got away indeed i had a type it was tall emotionally abusive beta males hmm interesting <laughs> yeah that's just what i was into he was I... an artist and he was just so mean he was such a dick wow <laughs> yeah um no i I've, I've thought about this too it's like it's weird how how you hang on to perceptions of a person in your mind like the the person you hated in high school like oh that guy was such a douchebag because he did Probably something totally different now yeah. but yeah but then you meet that person when you're 30 and you realize uh, yeah he's not like that at all anymore also i was probably a douchebag back then yeah, um yeah you don't want to hang on to the even <clears> with its exes when it's exes and all the, it's like people who were a part of your life years and years and years ago for all you know they're completely different people who have learned their lessons and to that totally. point or have families now and, and they just live in your memory as they were at it then and at that time which yeah. isn't fair to their genesis as a person right so it's it's I, weird it's a weird dynamic I it's, was it's a, impossible to be mad for that long i was a much worse version of myself during all of those relationships there are lots of things i would change about my approach and um and so i i have to if i'm giving myself that same grace i have to offer it to others i suppose and but at the same time it's not a regret thing every lesson that i learned is what taught me how to handle it right when i finally met my wife and it's responsible for what i have now so yes and we could have married people that we dated before our spouse uh, yeah they all would have been comparative disasters just disasters yeah so i'm actually really grateful yeah Yep. Thank you, Colton. Thank, uh, thanks for the. Th- <laughs> it was a great thought provoker. In addition, I'm glad it was yeah. a positive benefit for your life as well. Mm. Um, Mark Wiseman, the Soros back Travis Codier is now throwing a hissy fit because he didn't anticipate a gubernatorial pardon. He also failed to recognize that in Texas, the Castle Doctrine applies to an automobile course. I, yeah, I guess I, in my Rube legal analysis, I wouldn't have thought anything otherwise. I didn't necessarily realize that that. Did he argue otherwise or did prosecutors argue otherwise in the case? I wonder. I'm sure. Right. In a car, you do have a duty to flee. I mean, that seems insane. Maybe. Didn't you uh, say some blurb about how he should have done something else? Well, they prosecutors argued he had choices that he could have left, but I don't know that they argued that that they had a duty. Right. That he had an obligation. Okay. 
um, injured guardian guard schools with armed, armored and vetted veterans. Kids will be protected. History classes will be bolstered. Cashiers would soon take less crap, which is a longer story. It's a win-win. Yeah, there you I, go. I think that you guys are right. I mean, my, my visceral reaction is like, no, but not because of the gun thing. It's it's just that our schools, it, it shouldn't be like this. Well, but it's so unsafe that you have to have. Shut um, up, silly woman. <laughs> that you have to have a guard outside of a kindergarten class. I know. Well, like, but usually see, you're usually the person who, and in many ways has convinced me throughout our interactions you take the world as it is. I don't care how you want the world to be. You you have to accept it for what it is and operate. No, I know you're right. And um, I don't know. I, I think that maybe that this is just me reacting to people putting their kids in public schools, which I find or schools at all. I find the whole thing confounding. Like we vet people meticulously to watch our children. Like and nobody has ever watched Emmeline except for my best friend for like 30 minutes and my parents and my brother. And, but like, I'm going to drop her off at the local school filled with a bunch of fucking weirdo kids and adults that are total strangers to me. Like yeah. this blows my well, mind. Like I just can't, I that can't do makes, it. That concept does make a lot of sense to me. The idea that we just outsource the security of our children and don't even really think critically about it. Yeah. Um, maybe there is, uh, maybe that is flawed thinking. So I, I'm not sure it's that I don't like the guard at the school idea. It's just anybody. Yeah, if your child is that unsafe, why are they there alone and not under your supervision? Hmm. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I, I The only counter I would say is that um, even if we built a future where public schools are not really a thing anymore, we still have an obligation to protect the kids who are in the schools today as they exist today. And so even if we want to aim for a different system in the future, we, we can't just leave those kids hanging and vulnerable to the sort of psychopaths that are running around right now. So, but yeah, I, I I take your point that uh, is this truly the best schooling system we could possibly have is the one that we currently have. And that goes beyond just the academic setting that goes into the vulnerabilities of those kids from a security perspective. Yeah. Um, can I better reload? Can you uh, Citizen Seven says, "Imagine my surprise! Last week, a lefty lunatic killed six in a Nashville school. No, don't forget, it's seven. There were seven victims. <laughs> you have to hold, yeah, hold it up. Seven. Um, no visit from Biden, but a couple state reps get expelled, and suddenly Kamala swoops down from the rafters. Evil. It is. I, I don't think they've even even addressed that point. But yeah, I mean, it's like, why are you guys so concerned about the gun control in the first place? I thought it was because." of these victims at this school. I thought that's why you were so concerned right. about the gun control. Right. And yet you guys are making yourselves victims worthy of a vice presidential visit over those victims. And I, I mean, I, 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 that's Kamala's discretion, the white house's discretion, but these guys, I'm sure it's not up to the expelled Democrats, but they could also say, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be celebrated. We're not victims. Like, yeah, we disagree with this decision, but let's, remember the real victims in this scenario. Maybe they have said that. I haven't heard that. I'm skeptical that they have, but perhaps that's happened. Uh, as a wise man once said, though, I doubt it. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think that's um, the case in this particular situation. Samuel uh, Spiel says either full blown commie or a dictator. Um, who is this in reference to? Oh, well, uh, I don't know, but I actually, uh, I have to move on because uh, that, 
that was not a money grabber chat, Samuel. I have to stick to the rules. No, thank you for supporting the show. Um, LC904 says, new PC parts, new mode of transportation, and finally, um, money to send to my favorite podcast duo. Matt and I once made love. I wanted to know, or I wanted to show him the twig and berries, but Matt only wanted me to read a fucking book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, Why are you gay? Thanks, Brooklyn. Appreciate it. And congrats on the uh, the new PC. Pirate Tomsky says, uh, Bill Board Chris is one of the best people I know. Why is it semicolon Bill semicolon Board Chris? Is one Hi, of the, hey, maybe. Is one of the best people I know. Been following him for a long time. Keep up the work, uh, the good work, brother. Well, thank you. I've, I've only been sort of peripherally aware of him. I've seen him here and there. I've not, I, I didn't, obviously I didn't know much of the history because I didn't know he had his arm broken and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I very much um, appreciated that he said he's, he's checked out some of my videos on this stuff too. It's always, um, really an honor to know that people who are out there making differences in these settings have seen some of the information that I've put out there too. So it was really cool. I mean, I'm appreciate hearing what he has to say for its own sake, but there was an additional personal gratification in knowing that our paths have crossed in the internet in an informational way. Uh, so I really appreciated that he mentioned that as well. You guys do share some personality similarities, I think. as well. Oh, I don't know. He's way more polite than me. <laughs> I don't know, but he's got he's gotten a literal hit piece though. I I can't even get the metaphorical one. He's been <laughs> literally beaten. So oh, you can. Yeah. Uh, Radicus says, uh, Matt, remember the name Stephen? Uh, Stephen, I thought it was Williford though. This says Witherford, but Williford I believe is the the guy at the Texas Church, unless I'm mistaken. Jack Wilson, Elijah Dickens. And the only brave man at Uvalde, the cops aren't your first line of defense. It is the brave citizenry. The cop that folded the tranny at the Christian school was nine minutes late. Well, I, I certainly take your point. Um, I, 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 the cop at the Christian, <laughs> I never get tired of the body posture. I know I'm not yeah. again to the prior point about not finding enjoyment in things that you shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't in this, but, there are memes with the body. The posture, memes were right? so good. Have you seen Toy Story? I've seen the movie. I've not seen the meme in this case. Okay, there was the there was a meme of the of the dead tranny, and it says, "Um, a uh, Woody when he hears Andy coming into the room." <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I um, no, I, <laughs> Redicus, I take your point. Um, I think the police off the police who responded did the absolute best that they could. I don't. I'm not taking shots at them. That's the point, though, is they can't be anywhere and everywhere immediately. And if that sort of danger confronts you, guess what? It's you first and last. And I'd like to think that I can rely on fellow citizens who are armed and prepared as well. Um, But the reality, too, is you can't rely on that either. It's you. You are your own first and last line of defense. Prepare accordingly. If you want to be helpless, that choice is yours to make. But uh you know, I, I have no delusions that I'm going to save the day one day like uh, like Stephen Williford did or Elijah Dickens did. Uh, I, I'm not. Ex- I would like to think I have that capability, but these those are phenomenal achievements. Um, I just know after watching footage of these sorts of events, I'm never going to beg before these people. I will not beg for my life. They'll have to kill me. They might kill me, but I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to beg for mercy and have them uh exert nope. their insane will over me like that. Mm-mm. Um Mac Grendel, oh I got a little bit ahead here. 
Oh, wait, no. Uh, Matt Grendel is next. What a great guest, uh, great guest Billboard Chris was. Thanks, Matt and Blonde, for having him on. Yeah, we uh, we appreciated his time very much, and I hope we can speak to him again in the future. Uh, deserves five stars solely for Edna Mode, no capes. That was a pretty fun bit. And didn't, uh, in the end, didn't Syndrome die from, didn't the cape get him? Yeah. I thought there was a callback to that. That was a good there bit. There was, yeah. You're right. Uh, F- F- Fostonia? A review of The Incredibles is not complete without a reaction video from you two on the five minute extra that came with the DVD in the movie called Jack Jack Attack. It's great. Only five minutes. I didn't see it because I didn't watch it on DVD. I watched it through a streaming service. So if it's on YouTube or something, I'll check it out, though. Have you seen Jack Jack Attack? Mm -mm. Is that the who's Jack Jack? Is that the little baby or the baby? Okay. I I will watch it on. on my own time, then I'll have to check it out. Thank you. Knuckle Hunky Buck says, I saw Matt pulling suitcases out from under the table with movie titles written on slips of paper. He said it was just audio equipment for the stream, but then he started boarding up the windows. You know, actually, <laughs> do I dare disclose this? There's truth to that. Now, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> not that I fortified the election, but there's truth in the depiction here. And um, one of the many emails I get frequently is like, hey, uh, would you do a video showing your setup? And I've always shied away from that. Number one, because that's not really why people tune in. I'm happy to give you thoughts on how to set something up if you it's like. It's a tactical error. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't think for the vast majority of the audience, I don't think they care what my setup looks like. And I also think there's sort of a false belief that there's glamour in it. Like th- there's nothing less glamorous than this hastily put together bedroom space that i have and to that point there is a there's a window on my right and i have covered it up because i need a controlled light environment in here to make sure that the light stays consistent so can i people are going to be maybe not shocked because of how shitty it looks um but uh look to the right like there's just home depot cardboard Oh, you can't see it. Can you, if I do this, can you see it? There's yeah, I can see Home it. Depot looks so terrible. cardboard taped on the window. So, Is yeah, your wife I mean, like, what? I I don't I don't want anybody. Um, the, it, I want consistent light in here. It's not that I don't want anybody seeing my movie selection tricks, but it's just funny that you mentioned that he started boarding up the windows because it's like. Uh, no no way man (laughs) i've definitely not done that you got me knuckle hunky buck i can't believe it would you mind keeping reading so that i can cough yeah i think we're uh close to finished up here so we'll just round it out uh jonathan prezios says uh, wow i didn't realize you answered your own question the incredibles had all different time periods within it to make it timeless they showed you values that will always work and is timeless that's a cool interpretation and you know maybe you I never retroact. I never edit my move, my reviews after the fact, but maybe you've just convinced me on a bonus point there. Cause that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, the idea that it wasn't supposed to have a time because the truths it is exploring are not limited to one particular time. They're, they're always there. They're timeless. Bobby C says, thanks for the show. Always a good time. I dearly missed the spicy chats. Well, they, they're, they're around. You just, uh, sometimes we have to tiptoe around them. Thank you, Bobby. Issue says, happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter, sir. Uh, Jonathan Prezio says, I don't, uh, I didn't see the show earlier, but did you guys point out that Dylan Mulvaney is most likely a Soros plant? All these big corporations are working with the government to fund their agenda 
while getting tax breaks. Um, we didn't talk formally about Dylan Mulvaney tonight, just in passing in response to a chat. So I've had enough Dylan Mulvaney for the week. Dylan Mulvaney, there's something going on. I mean, it, the, 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 the way that corporations are just lining up to support this particular person for really doing nothing is notable. Is there, is it just that it's trendy or is there some kind of organizing force behind it? Fair, fair question to ask. Xander asks my anime fan, uh, as an anime fan, rather, I just saw my neighbor Tortoro, Totoro, Totoro, however it's pronounced a couple weeks ago. And I wasn't a fan. Maybe a smarter man like Matt might enlighten me. Well, don't count on me for that. I'm not a, I'm just going to try to find a version where it's not subtitled. I don't want to have to read a movie. There better be an Why English. Why would you? You'd rather listen yes. to, to something. To, uh. English dub or GTFO. Oh, English only. Oh, God. Esoterica Unbound says, about the uh, stingy scores, it tore me apart, but I learned an important lesson. You can't count on anyone, especially your heroes. Just to be clear, I'm quoting Syndrome here, not Blonde. Yeah, it, the movie has a lot of great lines. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because they're clever, but because they're they're philosophically profound. So yeah. um, maybe maybe I'm wrong, man. Maybe I underscored this one. Anti-egalitarian. Too. Jonathan Prezio says they really could add a feature or really should add a feature where you can stop the super chats in midstream so you can uh, get to them all. An option with money caps would also be cool. Um, well, you'll have to talk to Neil about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate your patience. Of course, we um, we do the best we can with getting to all of our, our chats. And um, we know sometimes that means a, a long wait. but. We uh, we appreciate your support for the show. He also says, uh, I don't know how to reply directly, but yes, uh, I would be a cap on the income. That would be one of the options how you can automatically limit it. Um, you can read all the chats and even have smaller amounts. That's an interesting thought. That is mm. to say, like, um, yeah, we're going to read chats up to this cumulative number as opposed to like uh, doing uh, what we do currently, which is sort of a minimum threshold. Um yeah, that's a good idea. I, I don't. I good wish idea. I had somebody at YouTube to tell about this, but of course, uh, I don't. I, I, the only thing I have is just uh, you know a way to make fun of Neil, and that's it. I can't actually <laughs> talk to him. One day. Okay. Uh, anything else? I think we're all set. Now let me give it one quick refresh. Oh, it was a fun show. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Um. Yeah. Uh. And thanks to Billboard Chris as well. Very much appreciated. Looks like we're good on D Live. Um. Oh wait, there are a couple more on Rumble. Let's Uh-oh. see. Um, Cribble says uh, part one. Uh, Matt and Dylan once tried to make love. Matt sobbed. Your love is not true. It's your Arab strap that makes you Labat blue. What? I don't even know what that what? is. What? I, what is? This is over my head. What is an Arab strap? <clears throat> uh, makes your yeah, Labatt queer. Makes your Labat blue. This is a Canadian beer reference, right? I don't know, man. This one's beyond me. Uh, Link to the future. Late rant. Would you consider adding a segment with more positive, inspiring stories to help balance out all of the asinine (laughs) crap we have to deal with every week? Just a thought. Well, you know, I did mention at the top of the show, I, I, it's a shame we don't have something more wholesome for Easter. Maybe there's a, maybe there's an opportunity for it. Maybe you call it uh, the white pill of the week or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm not opposed necessarily. I'll have to consider it anyway. Uh, thanks to, uh, everybody for tuning in this evening. Of course, thank you for your super chats, uh, as well as your, uh, other chat jokes and chat contributions. Very much appreciated. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. And of course, thanks to our guest this evening, billboard, Chris, billboardchris.com 
at Billboard Chris if you'd like to find and follow his work. If you uh, need more to listen to, if you're looking for more material, head on over to the podcast page of the website. You can find replays of the call-in show. You can find some of Blonde's interviews, other material you may not find on YouTube. All of that. Head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, if you want to find anything else show-related, including my signature soaps from Hero Soap Company, mattchristensenmedia.com is where you find all of that. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. See you guys.